Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Battle Round. I'm your host, Paul Valley. He's my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Zachary Allen Goodman. We are live here on a Saturday in Towson, right outside of Baltimore, bringing you another edition of The Battle Round. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealers. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Right as the show is starting, there was a like a, a, a ladybug, I guess, on this okay. um on this blind right here and it flew right at me right as <laughs> i was starting to talk can't wait till we get the landscaping people outside our window that's uh welcome to saturday morning treat as usual i don't see them yet though so uh, they'll be here they'll be here i'm sure trust be here. they yeah. will be here um i I, so I, I trust we're not uh we're not gonna bury the lead here we're not gonna talk about anything to start before we talk about felix bautista uh perhaps the best closer in baseball and and people will argue that he has six blown saves. Well, it just so happens that any time that he happens, a, a lot of times he'll come in. Let me rephrase this. There's been times when he's come in with a one-run lead and he'll throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball mm-hmm. or he'll throw a, a splitter that hangs that just happens to get pummeled. Yeah. Because major league hitters get paid, too. Sure. Uh, and most of them get paid a lot more than he does right now. Yeah. Um, he he's the best closer in baseball. There, there's nobody that 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 comes close to him. He yep. 100 and, uh, at times 103 mile an hour fastball at the top of the zone, followed by an 88 mile an hour splitter that falls off the table in the bottom of the zone. Good luck, best closer in baseball. He has two outs and two strikes in the bottom of the ninth, top of the ninth inning last night with the Orioles uh, clinging to a one run lead after a Gunnar Henderson two run shot, and um, throws a pitch. To make it to get to two strikes, or I'm sorry, to make it one and two, and starts shaking his arm a little bit, and he calls them out. He calls out the trainers immediately, and he walks off the field. Yeah, it's not a good situation. Nobody wants to speculate. We don't know what it is, but we've all watched enough baseball in our lifetimes, even young Zachary Allen Goodman over there. Uh, Yeah, um, Zachary Allen to to know that. If you come off of the field with one strike left with an arm injury, it's probably not good. No, right? No, we, we can make the we we're probably not wrong in making the assumption that this is maybe it's not a serious injury, but it's an injury that's probably going to take him out for for a good bit. You would think. You would um, think. I'd be I'd be shocked if it was anything other. Now you're hoping it's not a torn UCL. You ho- you're hoping it's not something that's going to require Tommy John surgery because then he's going to miss all of next year too. Correct. Um. I am not doom and gloom like a lot of people in the fan base. And because the Orioles' current bullpen ERA without Felix Bautista is still 302. The Orioles' bullpen ERA without Felix Bautista on the season is 363. This is still a good bullpen. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you're looking at a bullpen that just got back a healthy Danny Coulomb. That has Yenier Cano going uh, uh, 11 consecutive, I'm sorry, 10 consecutive scoreless outings. Jacob Webb going uh, 9 consecutive yeah. scoreless outings. Yeah. CNL Perez with a resurgence, 11 consecutive scoreless outings. Like I said, you got Danny Coulomb coming back, uh, who just came back. You have D.L. Hall, Tyler Wells, and John Means, who are probably going to be part of this bullpen here in the very near future. Yep. I Am I concerned that Felix Bautista might not be here? Yes, because he's Felix Bautista. 
Right. I would feel much more confident in this Orioles team with him at the back end of the rotation. Do I think it means that they can't win a World Series? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And people who keep telling me, uh, I'll point out the 2019 Nationals had Sean Doolittle and his 405 The worst bullpen ERA. in World Series history. R- right. Undoubtedly. The, the, they, at that point, at the end of that season, they were the worst bullpen in the history of Major League Baseball. Yep. Yep. Now the you know twenty twenty one Orioles and the twenty twenty one Philadelphia Phillies had something to say about that. Um, yeah, but at that point in time, the Nationals bullpen was the worst in Major League history, and they won a World Series. And people say, yeah, but they had Max Scherzer and they had Steven Strasburg and they had Patrick Corbin. That's fine. It's a valid argument. I mean, it, that's it, that's no, the truth. It it is a valid argument, but those guys weren't closing games. No, right. No. And not. you're going to tell me that Kyle Bradish, who was tied for who going into yesterday was tied for the best ERA in the American League and fourth best in, in all of baseball? You you don't trust Kyle Bradish? I I do, but he's you, not. He, okay, he's not. He's not Max Scherzer. He's not no. Steven Strasburg. Who that's, retired now? This week, yeah, by the way. That's that's perfectly fine. He's not those guys. But right. you're, but that so you're just going to illegitimize a 303 ERA? No. Over 29 starts. I think it comes down to more lack of experience. I mean, we haven't seen Kyle Bradish in a big moment yet, like a playoff game, and especially a World Series game. That's 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 the fair argument, right? right? I, that's I, you can't that's take away anything argument. from him as a pitcher solely, right. from a stuff standpoint, from a control standpoint, command standpoint. He's been just about the best starter in the American League. But and, and Grayson Rodriguez has had a 3.04 ERA since coming off, yep. uh, since coming back from AAA. Yep. Um, he looks better. His last time out, he, he looked probably the worst. I think that he's looked since he's been back, and he still gave you a, a six innings of three run ball. Yeah, he was still quite good. Um, we, people keep doubting this team. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's my overall point: is people people keep doubting this team when Mullins went out, when Santander went out, when Tyler Wells went out. People kept doubting yep. this team, and they keep winning. They went to the gauntlet in May, and what was it? What was their record in May? They were like nine games above five hundred. I don't. Remember. Then they go through <laughs> an even worse gauntlet coming out of the All Star break, and they win two thirds of their games in yep. that gauntlet. Yep. So I don't care if you're scared that Felix Bautista's hurt, and now the season's over. It's not over. Go watch the Ravens. Go watch them. Start focusing on the preseason game tonight that nobody's talking about. Go do that. Because the Orioles are going to keep winning baseball games, and the Orioles are going to go to the playoffs, and the Orioles are still going to have just as good a chance as anybody to make it to a World Series and win a World Series this year. You're not going to sit there and tell me that the season's over because one guy's done. What will have to happen, though, is someone's going to have to step up, and it probably is going to be Coolum. I think Brandon Hyde has the most trust. I mean, we saw that last night with him mm-hmm. throwing that final strike. Being a lefty, being a guy that has, what, a 277 ERA coming into yeah. last night's game? He's one of the best relievers now. in baseball. He's been one of the best relievers in baseball. And, you know, maybe Coolum hasn't really been a closer for his entire career. He's been I don't, not really, not much in any kind of news at all throughout his entire career. This was the first time I had ever heard of him when the Orioles mm-hmm. acquired him back in March, I believe it was. He's a guy who never really did much of anything throughout his whole career, but he was good enough to to make it to age 33 and still be in the major leagues. And then this year, he's had his breakout year where he's been really, really good across the board. Went on the injured list for a little while. And now he's back and pitching as well as ever. That's yeah. that's all great. Well, that's a great thing. It's hard to say pitching is he's thrown one pitch. Well, so it's coming off the IL. It 
struck it was him out. strike no, three. I, I, you're right. You're right. It, it's, but, it, it's a bad. It's a bad way to phrase it. But the the point is, is that Danny Coolum has been trustworthy all year. Yeah. And the point is, is that he can probably be most likely we would assume a viable closer for the stretch, and and that's a good thing. If Felix Bautista cannot be here, and let's not forget. That just last year we were talking about Tyler Wells in spring training as p- potentially being the Orioles That's closer. True. That's true. As a rookie Rule Five draft pick, he was closing games for the Orioles. Well, in a, a guy like, has the same similar build to, to Felix Bautista, being six eight, six seven, whatever Tyler Wells is. You know, and a, a huge guy. He's overwhelming and, and throws harder than he does as a starter when he when he's a reliever. So that's yeah. that's a good thing. That's, yeah, you have. Uh, D.L. Hall, who has learned how to throw strikes as a reliever. Yeah. Tyler Wells, who can throw 98 miles an hour out of the bullpen and had the lowest whip in baseball, the lowest yeah. batting average against in baseball, and the lowest on-base percentage in baseball before prior to the All-Star break. Right. You're going to tell me that these guys can't come in here and be a have a closer-by-committee situation with some of your best the best pitchers in your system and can't help you win ball games. So what I, what I Cano has been really good lately, but and, and I saw you gotten a little bit of a tweet argument about this. Uh, <laughs> I saw you, you know what I'm talking about, correct? Dude, who am I not in a tweet argument with? That, that's true. That's true. Right. Well, I, I saw this and I, I kind of agreed with you at first. Then he brought out some stats, and I, I you know, I, I look at it both ways with Cano. He's been he had a stretch there where he wasn't so good. Now lately, he's been a little bit better. Nobody brought out stats in my tweet argument. I was the only one that brought out stats. Well, maybe that's the case. I, I don't know. Whatever stats were presented made him look a little better in the last few games that he's pitched. Do you trust him right now? No, When you talk about closer. closer by committee, do you trust Cano? No. Okay. That, but I'm not Brandon Hyde. Yeah. I, I mean, mean but, but but here's here's the other thing. Cano has turned it on. You, yeah, you, that, well, you, that's what I'm saying. You, right. you, you can't doubt that. Do I think he should be the, 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 the definitive guy that they go to now? Do, do I think he should earn the closer's role? No, no. We saw him come in in the closers role and blow it. Right. The right. one time they, they, well, not the one time. Earlier this year when they, they they trusted him, people said I had people texting me saying Cano should be the Orioles closer right now when Felix Bautista had like three mediocre games right, for him right, right. in a row. Um, I think he might have given up like a solo home run in one of them, and people were just upset oh, and beside it, it, themselves. It was when Aaron Judge uh, hit that hanging that, that, splitter, that's right. and that's my, right. my buddy texted me, Cano should be our closer. Now I'm like, no, the hell he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, the no. hell he shouldn't. <laughs> um. Cano's uh, been great, but I, I think there's a lot less luck involved in what Felix Bautista has done all year yeah. than what Cano's done all year. Yeah, uh, Felix, uh, to me, Cano puts too many guys on base. He does. Um, I'd like to see somebody who keeps guys off base. I, w- I wouldn't yep. hate it if they brought Tyler Wells up and said, hey, let's put you in the ninth inning. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't hate it if it was D.L. Hall, but D.L. Hall's got to come up to the big leagues and prove he can throw strikes to the big leagues. He's been doing it in the minors. So what about Fujinami? Are no, you at abs- all? Okay. Absolutely I'm not. with you. I'm with you. Uh, uh, look, he was he was really good two days ago. Mm-hmm. He was... Uh, is he th- No, he was really good. He was really good last night. Two outings ago, he was really... He came Did in he pitch and, last night? He threw two innings last night. Okay. He threw two innings last night. I only called night. half the game, so I didn't see. And, I, um, I missed. I must have yeah, it, yeah. You had it was just it was him and, and Bautista okay. and Coulomb. Um he was really good last night. The outing before that, he was really good. Two outings does not negate the fact that every other outing he goes in there and puts two guys on base and allows a home run. Right. You know, uh, his ERA has been like close to six with the Orioles. Never any idea what you're gonna get. There's no consistency there. The stuff's really good, but the, the command's been all over the place. I, I agree with you. I mean, as much as I'd love to say, hey, you know, the stuff's so good that we can throw him out here in the ninth inning and he, he's going to get a save every once in a while, 
I don't know if they can trust him to do that. I right. just don't know. And and the same thing goes for Cano and a lot of other of these guys. Brian Baker will probably find his way back to the team. He's not a guy to ever no, entertain. He, his... he, he's he's not coming back. You don't think so? No, <sighs> no, because because you were already looking for how are you going to get Hall, Means, and Wells up here. I think he's one injury away from being back, though. Well, everybody's one injury from being back. I guess. I mean, you're one injury away. <laughs> from I just don't the... think I, I wouldn't. One in... I wouldn't rule it out. You're one injury away from uh, you know, Joey Crable being back you yeah. know you're one injury away from Colton Cowser being back it, but I, I wouldn't mind Joey Crable being back I didn't think he pitched that bad I really didn't bro bro he has <laughs> I, look he he actually was he had a blow up in spring training multiple of them which yeah. I think that made people change their minds a he little bit about so, well, last year he wasn't so bad he wasn't so bad but again the expectations you're remembering were the first half of the season from the middle maybe, of July to the end of the year he was awful to the point where he got demoted I, I remember his I ERA remember. was above seven. The sec- it was I think it was above seven. I know it was okay. above six. The second half, um, uh, your bullpen is going to have. I mean, so, uh, you replace Bautista with Wells. You're going to add two players. Maybe maybe it's um, maybe they're both relievers. I I don't know how that works. I don't know no. if it's that you can't bring up two bullpen pieces. I I don't know, but you're going to have. You're not going to have space for a guy like Baker. Hall, Wells, Means take precedence over Baker, over Crable, over Vespi, right? So, Ryan, Ryan and I talked about Nick Vespi last week quite a bit because Ryan loves Nick Vespi. He does. Huge he does. on Nick Vespi. I, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I don't really... There's some really good outings from Nick Vespi where you go, you know, maybe you can ignore the fact that he throws 90 miles an hour. But yeah. then there's other ones that really show that. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of in the middle. You know, I don't really think that's a that's Have a you piece. ever faced 90 miles an hour? Yes. I, there's a batting cage up in Hunt Valley that actually goes to 100. Oh, really? And it's uh, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, scary. It is hard. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Th- those batting cages, can you see... Is it one of the ones where the arms coming forward, you can see that? No, it, do- it doesn't Yeah, no, that, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Because how... You have the to... The timing's really hard. Yeah. Really hard. The... Um, you know, you go to a batting cage, and the ones, the ones with the arm, when you're playing in a baseball game, you can see a pitcher's arm coming forward, and you know when to start your swing. Correct. Because these big league players, they don't have. It's not pitch recognition and then swing. Yeah. Unless it's like a breaking ball. If they're getting a fastball, you got to get. It's the the amount of time it takes. You have four tenths of a second to mm-hmm. decide whether or not to swing. Mm-hmm. That's super fast. To get started, you have to get started as soon as you see the arm get about here. Right. Right? Again, in those cages when there's no arm, because I went to the one on um, in, in Parkville um, near Played Against Sports. Okay. And that one, it throws pretty hard, and there's no arm. That sucked. Yeah. I was hitting it, but not to start. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. And it, the whole reason I bring it up is because 90 miles an hour in the big leagues is really slow. 90 miles an hour to the average person is really, right. really... 80 miles an hour is really fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And really fast. Look, I mean, that's why I, I talked about it with Felix Bautista earlier in the season. There's going to be games where he gives up a solo home run to Aaron Judge or he gives up the grand slam like he did not that long ago. There are going to be those things that happen because, again, guys can hit. If 100 is down the middle, even though it's Felix Bautista, even though it's Errolis Chapman, whoever it is, guys can still hit it once in a while. It's... Yeah. it's 
baseball is major league baseball is a whole different breed from the minor leagues from college baseball from everything because there are just so many good hitters these guys are freaks right and, and i would say a lot of guys are probably guessing but then there are the really really talented guys adley rutschman i think is one of them otani's one of them that just know the zone and see the ball so unbelievably well that they mm-hmm. can see what's going to come and they they have the idea of being able to recognize a pitch and that's really 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 all, tough all thing. the all the hate that we give to Ryan McKenna, he's a freak. Oh, of course, uh, he's a, he's a freak of nature. Be- best player in his high school's history. All that I'm sure. I yeah, mean, uh, yeah. Like, like Ryan McKenna is an absolute freak of, of course. freak of nature. He can do something that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people in the Correct. world cannot do. Correct. He just he doesn't do it as well as other people. It's that major are, League Baseball. That's in Major right. League Baseball. There's. Yeah. What is it? Seven hundred and fifty, seven hundred and eighty-six players. Mm-hmm. There's seven, or I'm sorry, seven hundred. Yeah, whatever. And twenty, um, twenty-something thousand all time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's seven, such seven, a low number. Seven hundred and eighty people in the world can do right what they can do. Uh, it's it's crazy. Um, but Felix Bautista, him be him being out, it sucks. It's not the end of the world. The sky isn't right. falling. The Orioles can overcome this, and they have plenty of guys who can come in there. It just it just blows my mind that people think that one guy is the difference on the team. And yes, I know they've they've played thirty four one run games or twenty three and eleven in one run games. I yeah. get that. Yeah. I mean, Felix Bautista's blown six saves. I think he leads right. the majors for major league closers in blown saves. So to me, it's all right. Next man up. Because what other choice do you have? I'm not going to sit there and be doom and gloom about it because I, I trust this team. I believe in this yeah, team. For you sure. know, they're 32 games above 500 in the hardest division in baseball. For sure. So, um, Orioles-Rockies last night. Cole Irvin, he goes six innings, six hits, one walk, five Ks, four earned runs. Um, not as crisp as he's been yeah. recently. He's still throwing a lot of strikes, um, which is good because a guy like him, they have to hit their spots. Because, yeah. you know, he throws 94, but 94 used to be, you know, 15, 20 years ago. It was really, really fast. And it doesn't necessarily move a lot. Yeah. So, it's, it's a pretty flat 94. Yeah. So, but... He kept his team in the ball game. Gunnar Henderson, man, you're watching that game and you're just kind of feeling like the Orioles are just kind of like being a little too aggressive. They're mm-hmm. not working counts here. They're they're you don't have trust. You're just kind of feeling like you're dead in the water. <clears throat> not having trust is not the right way to put it. You just kind of felt like they were dead in the water. Sure. And then facing a lefty who's only given up two home runs to lefties all year. Yeah, Brent Suter had a good year before this. Yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, he hangs one to Gunner, and Gunner hits a 107-mile-an-hour line drive that never got yeah. higher than the top of the scoreboard right. off the ground. Right. And it goes for a two-run homer and gives yeah. the Orioles a win. And that's got that's what got lost in all this, is Gunner Henderson with one of the biggest hits of the year last night to give the yep. Orioles a victory. And we're all talking about Felix Bautista. Yep. Uh, but Gunner. What a, what a show he put on last night. Ryan Mountcastle, two for four with a home run. Austin Hayes, two for three with a double and a home run last night. And let's talk about Austin Hayes sure. uh, a little bit here. He came out of the All-Star break. He got, a, he got a hit in like three games consecutively coming out of the All-Star break and then fell off a cliff. His batting average dropped like 30 points. And now all of a sudden, you look since August 3rd, 306, 386, 644 with a 1,030 uh, OPS since August 3rd. Um, he's been hitting. He's, yeah. he's got a, what, a nine-game hitting streak. I think he's got 10 extra base hits in his last nine games. He's got a nine- or ten-game hitting streak. Gunnar Henderson has a nine-game hitting streak. Uh, Anthony Santander, three home runs since coming back from his three-day respite um, uh, to rest his back. 
between Hayes, Santander, and Mountcastle, who just had his, uh, two days ago, had his 28-game on base streak snapped and then started a new one last night. Yep. Between these three guys, these are the three guys that last year I was saying, look, I like them on the team, but I don't like them hitting three, four, five. Yeah. Now they're three of your, the best hitters in your lineup. For now. For, for now. For now. Yeah. Well, but but the point is, I mean, Mountcastle's been hitting well above 300 over, yeah. probably, what, being back 40-plus games? It's extended enough of a streak now where I've, I've been a little more confident and said, hey, maybe the vertigo is actually a really big deal for him. And maybe mm-hmm. this was there last year. And who knows? I mean, that's a, a thing that really affects a lot of people strongly. It's not right. just... You know, a lack of confidence or something. It's a whole different ballgame. So I, I think that could certainly have played a part last year, early this year. Now, without it being there, at least we from what we know, he's been far better. Yeah. Far better. And Ryan and I talked about Malcas or sorry, excuse me, Hayes and Santander last uh, last week on the show. And what we kept mentioning was, you know, streaky hitters, guys that you don't really know what you're going to get from either. They've been good as of late. I just hope it continues down the stretch. You get a whole other month of regular season ball before you go into the playoffs, and then it's got to keep rolling over. And, and look, I'm we are we're all we're all hypercritical of players when yeah. they when they start to slump, and sometimes we forget that the Major League Baseball season is the longest season in professional sports. Yeah. It's six months. It's 162 games in 180 days, plus spring training, plus the postseason. It is a long time that they play baseball. Yep. And have you ever played three, four, five days in a row, played a doubleheader? Your body's tired. And these guys do this for six to eight months. Right. They, they, they do this for six to eight months. It's hard. Anthony Santander, I mean, look at, the, look at how bad he was at, since the All-Star break. Gets the rest for three days for his um, three games. I think it was four days total um, for his lower back. Comes yeah. in and hits three home runs in two days. Austin Hayes, because of how badly he dropped off during this period, he his batting average dropped thirty points in three weeks. Right, because of how bad badly he slumped, we forget that he only slumped for three weeks. It was yeah. a three week stretch. He was probably dealing with something, and now he's tearing the cover off the ball again. Austin Hayes is always dealing with something, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. unfortunate as it is. But. Which is why, like, the uh, what was it, last night when you see him jump up like Spider-Man, as they said, yeah. on top of the fence, you're like, oh, God, come on, man. You're hitting again. Please don't do that. There's always something that, yeah. w- with Austin Hayes, and, and that's what we, we mentioned last week. It's hard to avoid that when talking about him because there is, in his career, that history of there being – you know, running into a basin and hurting his finger or running into a wall or whatever it is, Austin mm-hmm. Hayes is always finding a little injury and hopefully we, we pray that that doesn't happen down the stretch because, again, I mean, you have a whole month of regular season ball to play. You're only three games ahead of the Rays. These things need to stay healthy and to, to keep working because right now it, it's working. You certainly don't want to lose Austin Hayes. 314 hitter at the All-Star break. Yeah. Down to 280, now back up to... 284. The two, 284. Yep. 284. And he, I mean, he had that walk in the eighth inning last night, yeah. right before... Um, uh, was he the one who walked and then Henderson... Yes, it was. Yeah, it, yes. He had that walk right before Henderson hit, yep. hit the home run. Because Suter threw like four pitches that were not even close, and Hayes, I think, swung at one of them. So it was a five-pitch at-bat. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's so funny, because ever since you pointed it out, I have noticed Austin Hayes check swings every time at more pitches than anybody <laughs> in baseball. He does, which is again, it goes back to the point that you've got to get started 
early mm-hmm. against big league mm-hmm. pitchers if if you want to have any chance. Yep. You've got to get started early. Your hands got to always be moving. Like yeah. uh, you look at Barry Bonds and his stance and how his hands were always moving in his stance. He's one of the best hitters of all time, if not the best hitter of all time. Barry Bonds, uh, he's a monster. He was a yeah, monster. Yeah, I mean, he, but his hands, my point is his hands are always moving. He was always ready to to be able to start his swing at any time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really big quality for a lot of guys. Well, and Barry Bonds will tell you, he's like, I didn't, he said, I didn't need steroids to hit, oh, no. home, to hit home runs. He's like, I could have been the skinniest guy in the league and still hit more home runs than most of the I mean, league. he had like a 40-40 season in like 92. Didn't yeah. he? Like way before he oh, ever... Oh, dude, he won seven MVPs. He won, yeah, he won mean, four MP- MVPs before he ever did steroids. He didn't get big until 2000 or so. It was like 99, then, 98, yeah, 99. Yeah. And, and basically, it was... Um, he saw other guys doing it, got jealous. That's well, what I've heard. It's I don't like to say... I, I, I guess there's no other word for it other than jealous, but he's yeah. watching. I mean, he's in the midst of another 40-40 season in, in 98, and he's watching guys like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa get all the yeah. all the, all the the headlines because of what they were, <coughs> what they the, were the doing race, with, the yeah. home run, with the home run race. And he said, I'm having I'm better than both of these guys by a good bit, and they're only beating, beating me out for headlines because they're using steroids. Okay. Goes out and what, hits 73-01. <laughs> watch Barry Bonds take steroids yeah. and see what the hell happens. Um, I, I honestly think, though, and I don't want to make this into a Barry Bonds discussion, and it doesn't absolve him from anything he's done, by the way, but j- just to say, if he hadn't done roids, what he could have done as a base stealer throughout his whole career and, and how many bases he would have racked up throughout his career uh, along with home runs. I mean, he wouldn't have had 700 home runs, most likely, but he would have gotten pretty close. He would have been a 500 homer, 500 steal guy. Right. Because right. he was a 400 homer, 400 steal guy before steroids. Right. Um, what did he end up stealing base wise? Like I think he had like five hundred and some. Okay, he he stole a lot of bases before he ever started using steroids. He was five fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Be- before he ever started using steroids, he was a 400, 400 guy. He might have gotten to six hundred if he hadn't done roids because those seven years where he was, I mean, obviously he slowed down once he was forty two and it. And I, I think all that. I but think in like two thousand four, he still stole like fifteen bags. He stole six bags in 04. He didn't steal any more than ten from two thousand two to two thousand seven. Okay. And he was also in his late thirties and forties. So late thirties, early forties. I mean, right. he still what? Didn't he still hit like two ninety his final season? He hit. In 2004, he hit 362, and all the way until 2007, he had a 480 on base percentage in 2007. Mm-hmm. He had a 276 batting average, 1,045 OPS. Yeah. The guy was just the greatest hitter to live. And he spent to, most of that, that, to live. that year injured. And I think it was 2003, maybe, where he reached base more. He had more times reaching base than he had at bats. I think you're right. In the yeah. season. He yeah. had like 363 at-bats and reached base like 366 times. And if he hadn't been intentionally walked 688 times in his career, this guy would have just been, which is just unreal. It's, <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, Buck Showalter, and it worked. He walked him with the bases loaded in the ninth inning, and it worked because the Diamondbacks ended up winning that game. But, um, man, my poor wife just sent me a text message, and, you know, uh, I, I, I missed the show last week. Uh, because she had a medical emergency, she's fine. She's good. She's good to go now. Um, just a little bit of a scare, but we're good to go. She texts me and she says, "I fell down the stairs again," which is scary. Um, it's scary when you hear your pregnant wife fell down the stairs. But when my wife falls down falls down the stairs, it's because her feet slip out from under her butt, hits the steps, and she bounces down a, a couple of steps. She said, "I fell down the stairs again and I banged my arm." And my 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 poor wife. Stairs and flat tires are my wife's nemesis. Uh, she will, she'll get four flat tires a year, and she'll fall, she'll fall down the stairs feet first probably four, four or five times a year. 
Um, just her absolute nemesis. So I'm sorry, babe, that she fell down. Do you have carpet on your stairs, or do you have? We do. Okay. I mean, either way, it's it's because she she's constantly walking around in her socks. Mm, okay. Um, she's just it's it 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 sucks. But it's she doesn't like she doesn't tumble head first and like roll down the stairs. That's good. That obviously she, the feet come out from under her. Her butt hits the ground and she slides. Oh, I've okay. I've I've seen it happen a number of times. And one time she really hurt her elbow when she did it. But other than that, she's generally fine. Generally, fine. that's good. But that's good. um, anyway, uh, joining us on the show for his weekly segment, he is Stan the fan. Charles Stan, good morning. How are you? Well, we understand now why she falls. Why is she getting flat tires? Is that because her husband isn't buying new tires for him? <laughs> oh no, she 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 gets new tires all. <laughs> she she makes more money than I do. Um, her, she um she gets flat tires just in these random spots, and yeah. a, a lot of times she runs over a nail. She's quite unlucky. She's quite unlucky. Um, I know. Kind of like the Orioles, a little bit unlucky last night. Felix Bautista stand with two outs and two strikes. Has to come off the field uh, with an apparent arm injury. They said it was arm discomfort. We're waiting to hear more. If he's lost for an extended period, how big is this blow to the Orioles? Well, I mean, of course it would be a tremendous blow, but um, but you, you, you never know in sports, you know, that, that expression of next man up right. that we became familiar with with Brian Billick. Trying, trying to trying to blow him away with uh with emphasis yeah. and, and I get it I've been there myself you know and it's um you know it's part of it's part and parcel not to interrupt you it's, no, it's part right. and parcel of that whole the whole machismo about turning the lights off and he gets he gets into that mm-hmm. you know and and he feeds off of it and this one time this one pitch he just did something that was in my opinion a little foolish and it combined that he overthrew the pitch, sort of slipped, and probably pulled something. We don't know where it is, you know, whether it's in his shoulder, in his tricep, bicep. So we'll find out more, and uh, we'll we'll deal with it as, you know, as we have to. Does it make you nervous that he didn't even throw a warm-up pitch to see if he could continue? I, I I heard Ben McDonald said that. Not really. Not really. I get it. You want to. You want to be cautious. He felt something. He felt something, and he self-diagnosed that uh, that would be meaningless. He wasn't going to be able to continue. And it, it's funny, Stan. I had in my notes that I had to change him a little bit. Um, I had in my notes yeah. that the bullpen's been incredible recently. 
Uh, and I was going to include Bautista in that. I had to change it. You know, uh, CNL Perez has gone 11 straight scoreless outings. Uh, Yenny Eric No, uh, 10. Jacob Webb, 9. You have Danny Coulomb back, who got the ball for that final strike in the ninth inning. You have D.O. Hall, Tyler Wells, John Means on their way back. Uh, and you already alluded to, you know, you don't know who's going to close for this team when he comes back. But this bullpen stand has been really good. And you look at their August ERA, and this includes giving up 12 runs in three days to the Houston Astros. Their bullpen mm-hmm. ERA in, in, the, in the month of August is 273. This bullpen is a weapon, and I, I feel like they're only going to get stronger as we get down to uh, the, the playoff run here. Well, I mean, uh, let's let's not say they're going to get stronger with with the potential loss of Bautista. Right, right. You know, we don't know, but but I would agree with you that Cano is really sort of. Here's the frustrating part: is Cano with with Fujinami and Reed and Webb, excuse me. He's been able to use uh, Cano less, which has which is given refreshed him some you know his stuff has some life on it uh and that's really promising and webb has been really a great pickup you know and let's not kid ourselves that despite uh, one or two blips on the radar screen and the fact that we sort of don't trust him in the ninth inning fujinami when he throws strikes he's really pretty unhittable yeah you know? his stuff is real he, he he's like bautista light when he throws strikes it's just a matter of honing that um yeah yeah the, i think that the bullpen has an opportunity here to they might skip a little bit of a beat but not so much so that they're gonna fall apart and the season's over i don't believe that the season's over Agre- agree agree this team is too good as a team mm-hmm. to let one injury devastate it uh, i think you know and, and, look, look, it's it's the nature of sports. Look at Tampa. I dropped them the last two weeks. They've been number ten in my power rankings mm-hmm. based on based on not their record, but based on losing three starters and now Wander Franco. And they're seven and three in their last ten games. You know, they've they've bounced back and played well because they you know, a couple players down devastate the team, and they have shown some remarkable resiliency. And I expect the Orioles to do the same. I do, know. I do too. I, I really do. You know, you said that I'm, my fingers and toes are crossed that this is not something serious. Yeah, but, and if he has to miss a little bit of time, you know, get him back, get him healthy, get him back for the stretch run, and that, I'll I'll be good with that. Now, I made look, the, I made it could, it could end up it could end up being the blessing that it, it you know in other words he gets a refresh of of two and a half three weeks. Yeah, and then those are innings that he doesn't. But we don't know the nature of the injury. We yet, certainly so we'll keep our fingers crossed. We certainly do not. I, I made the comparison that the you know the 2019 Nationals, for example, won a World Series with Sean Doolittle closing games for them, and people said to me, uh, well, th- they had Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin, and it brings me to the Orioles' rotation, Stan. And you, you look at Kyle Bradish; he's got the fifth lowest ERA in baseball, the second lowest in the American League. Grayson Rodriguez has a 3.24 ERA in seven games uh, starting since his return. Dean Kramer, 3.70 ERA over his last 20 starts and a 3.06 ERA over his last nine starts since the beginning of July. I look at that rotation, and do you trust those three guys? Maybe throw Jack Flaherty in there if he if he's healthy. Do you trust those guys in a postseason series 
to be able to hand the ball the ball over to the bullpen with a lead. Um, you know, it's 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 not on paper. It's not the most outstanding you know starting rotation I've ever seen. But as they've grown a little bit, you know, I still think. I still think the world of baseball is reeling at baseball pitching. The, the, the specific planet of baseball pitching is still reeling from not having really figured out how to ramp people back up to pitch, you know, 180 to 220 innings. Right. I mean, it's just, and, and again, I always allude to fantasy baseball. I had about a 10 day about a three week stretch where all of my starting pitching collapsed all at once. And I'd been in first place in all the pitching categories, ERA ratio. And, um, and then all of a sudden I got to 10th place. And in about three or four days, I bounced back, not greatly, but I'm back in first place in those categories because pitching is exhausted throughout the sport right now. That's true. Um, so, so the notion that we're going to get beat in the playoffs because Framber Valdez and Christian Javier and Justin Verlander are all going to pitch eight innings every game against us if we play them. It's just not, that's not the way the playoffs are anymore. It's, it's nothing but a bunch of four and five inning starts. You know, if a starter goes six innings in a playoff game and gets through the six, that's a lot. So it's really about how strong your bullpens are that, that dictate postseason success, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, you want to have a good starting pitcher, but gen- generally speaking, Starting pitchers are going five innings in the playoffs, and you're handing right. it over they're to going, a they're going, to the around, they're going around the order twice. They're going around the order twice. Yeah. yeah. So if, for me, I have confidence in this bullpen, and enough confidence in guys like Kyle Bradish and uh, Grayson Rodriguez that they can go into a playoff series, and just with how good they are, they can keep the Orioles in ball game. So I'm will I'm willing to ride with this team with this pitching staff and see them make a a, a pretty deep run here this season. Now to get a lead, I just, I just want to throw I just want to throw one thing out that I'm still you know me about bullpen uh, you know starters in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I'm still not I'm still not sure that Grayson Rodriguez in the postseason wouldn't be a more significant weapon to come in in a series twice as a two-inning pitcher in the sixth and seventh innings mm-hmm. than he is as starting one game in a series. You may be right. So I just want to throw that out because everybody, like Luke the other day, goes, okay, you're in a series, it's uh, Bradish one, Kramer two, Grayson three. Everybody's dismissing Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. And look what Gibson did like, you know. He, he really looked pretty good his last outing. Yeah, he's dominated the Blue Jays this year. And, and and that's the thing with Kyle Gibson is, you know, he'll give you a nice stretch where he's giving you quality start after quality start, and then he'll have a stretch where he's given up four runs in five innings, seven runs in, in six innings. And yep. you know what I mean? It's, yep. it's confounding. But, um, yep. but yeah, no, I, I, have, I have confidence in this Orioles rotation and in this Orioles bullpen, but – 
you have to get a lead to hand the lead over to the bullpen. And it brings me to uh, Austin Hayes, Anthony Santander, and Ryan Mountcastle. All three of these guys have heated up. Um, you look at Austin Hayes, he had a three-week stretch in July where he was so bad, his, bi- his batting average dropped 30 points. You know, Anthony Santander, since the All-Star break at one point, was hitting about 180. And Mountcastle, we know what happened with him with the whole vertigo. But now Santander, he, he gets a three-day, a three-game rest with the lower back injury, comes out, hits three home runs in two days. Austin Hayes has a 306, 386, 644 slash line with a 1030 OPS since August 3rd. Um, and you look at those guys, and Stan, last year I was saying, I like these guys in the Orioles lineup, but not hitting 3-4-5. Now you have them in there, and who who would you rather have hitting 3-4-5 for this Orioles lineup? And with these guys all getting hot and swinging well at the same time, how does this Orioles offense stack up against the rest of baseball with them swinging the way they are? Uh, it stacks up well enough to... Uh first place in what everybody thought was going to be the by far the toughest division in all of baseball and uh, it still is in some ways you know despite the Yankees uh, sort of collapsing in front of us um, it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty decent offense mm-hmm. uh, you know there's no question about it it's a, and one of the attributes it has is again this is something that dawned on me about three weeks ago is how this team that was so horrible for three, four years, and even in the three, four years prior to that when we were contenders, they still did not work pitchers, starting pitchers, very hard. Mm-hmm. They were a pretty easy team to get through. They're one of, when, when they're hitting on all cylinders, they're tough to get through, and especially when these hitters really make pitchers work, you know. Um, so it's, it's, it's exciting. There's no question about that. That win last night was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Henderson hits that home run off of, uh, Brent Suter, who let's not kid ourselves. He's a very good left-handed reliever in 58 innings this year. He's given up two home runs and in 76 at bats against left-handed hitters, He's given up one home run. So Gunnar Henderson was the second home run by a left-hander Suter had given up all year this year. Yeah, and it was an incredible swing at 107 miles an hour. That ball got out in a split second. It was and 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 saying that's that's what got lost in all this and what should have been an incredible come from behind victory, and it was for all intents and purposes, it was an incredible come from behind victory. We lose the fact that Gunnar Henderson did that because of the Felix Bautista injury. Yeah. And it was just the Orioles' 39th comeback win of the season. They're now 23 and 11 in one run games, you know, and, and that's why maybe people aren't giving this team enough credit that, you know, I, that's why I'm not doom and gloom. They've proved this wrong all year. I'm going to stop doubting them. I, I can't doubt that this team's going to bounce back in a, in a big way from a, from a potentially devastating injury. Um, yeah. We, know, we never know in sports. Sometimes I'll never forget the year that the Knicks, I mean, this is dating myself, it was 1973 or four. Uh, the Knicks' Willis Reed was hurt going into the championship round. And the Knicks somehow were able to stay afloat against the Lakers. And then Willis Reed in a famous, I think it was the game seven. I always forget the detail. He hobbled out and started the game and gave him about 15 minutes and lifted the team up. But you never know how teams are going to respond to an injury. Sometimes it makes them 
their resolve even a little bit better, you know. Mm -hmm. Stan, there's a question from a viewer, AJ. I believe you know AJ a little bit. Uh, he has a question for sure. you. Due to advanced scouting, we have destroyed the AL East this year, but have sucked against the National League. Any worries about that if we make the World Series? Let me let me try to get wrap my hands around that. Have Zach real quick? Have we sucked against the National League? I I would have to we check lost the numbers. Two out of three I, to the Dodgers. I can look at right? the numbers. We lost, we lost two out of three to the Dodgers. I'm trying to think where else we've sucked against the National League. They went 20 and 16 in interleague play this year, so I don't think they sucked against the National League at all. Yeah. No. Um, first of all, no, I'm not. I'm not afraid of that. You know, my biggest question about the Orioles and their ability to to be in and win a World Series is whether this team is is uh, sort of. Uh, what's the word I want to use is whether they're tested enough and whether their resolve is enough. You know, I asked, uh, I may have mentioned this, stop me if I'm repeating myself. I asked Al Bumbry that question when the 40th anniversary team, I asked him the question about whether that 83 team did in some ways did it because they wanted to prove that they could do it without Earl Weaver, that Earl Weaver was getting so much of the credit that they wanted in 83 without a belly managing. They went out and wanted just to prove that they were the team, not it wasn't Earl's team. And he said, nope, that had nothing to do with it. We were pissed off from 1979 that we blew that World Series when we were up 3-1 to one against the Pirates. The Orioles haven't had that kind of moment that they're hungry about other than naturally being hungry to win. And sometimes I don't know if that's enough. Uh, in other words, whether this team is a little too young to really, you know, uh, spread their wings enough to win the World Series. Yeah, and, and we're going to find out. Absolutely. And the, the other thing is, and yeah, no matter what happens, I mean, you get worried. You were, We were worried last night until Gunner hit that home run. The Orioles might lose the first game of the series to the Colorado Rockies. So you're always going to be worried in a given situation. But once you get to the World Series, all bets are off. I'm not looking at any kind of analytics or how they did against the National League or how they did against that guy right. or this guy or that right. guy. You're in the freaking World Series. The, that the, yeah. the, All that stuff to me goes out the window. Go play some baseball. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. That that's just how I kind of look at it. If they get there, I'm going to be so thrilled that they're there. And it's not—I'm never been a guy that's like I'm just happy to be here, that type of thing when it comes to professional sports teams. But I'm going to be thrilled that they're there. I've never seen them in the World Series, so I'm um, staying. Yep. Somebody who never made a World Series but had a huge impact in Baltimore is Adam Jones, and he's retiring as an Oriole on September 15th at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Um, I don't know if the—I'm assuming the ceremony is probably prior to the game against the Rays that night. But, Stan, what did Adam— Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah, and Stan, what did Adam Jones mean to the Orioles, and where does he rank all-time amongst players in this franchise's history? Um, I haven't added up the exact number. You know, I mean, he's not— He's not Eddie Murray. He's not Cal Ripken. He's not uh, Boo Powell, Jim Palmer. You know, he's not in the the top five or six. But you don't get through the top ten of this organization uh, about top ten most important Orioles without Adam Jones being on that list. Yeah. You know, he was he was the player that kind of willed 
this team. He fell in behind Buck Showalter and became Buck's sort of sergeant on the team. Mm -hmm. And he did a lot of the necessary stuff to help this team re, you know, re reconstruct itself into a winning mentality. You know, Adams, one weakness in his game was he just, he had too much swing and miss. He wasn't quite disciplined. You know, you look at the greatest players in the game, and Frank Robinson is at the top of the list as to me as far as still who the best Oriole of all time was. Even though he only played for the team for six or seven seasons, mm -hmm. he was the greatest player I saw. Probably second greatest, really, was... And Murray and Alomar were really, to me, comparable in some ways. But, yeah. but Adam Jones... If he had gotten been able to get 15 more hits a year, he'd be in that tier. But his strikeout to walk ratio uh, was just, and his own base percentage isn't in that same class. But that doesn't diminish how important he was to to ushering in a new winning uh, era of Oriole baseball. And Stan, at some point uh, towards the beginning of of last year's baseball season, when um uh, Glenn and Rita had uh, Adam on their show on 105.7. Um, Adam said that the Orioles hadn't reached out to him in four years. He hadn't heard from them since he left the team. Um, it seemed as though that relationship may have been, if not uh, fractured, if not afraid, if not fractured. Uh, how, how far has this team gone in rebuilding that relationship with Adam to the point where he was Mr. Splash a few we a few weeks back. Now they're um he's retiring as an Oriole on the field prior to the game. How how far has this team come in repairing that relationship? Well it looks like it's pretty much all the way back to what it you know, what it sh sh should have been all along. Uh look, Adam Adam took advantage in his mind of his five and ten year rights to negate that trade to the Phillies, the club was I'm sure Dan Duquette was very disheartened by it, and the club was sort of pissed off because it had to come up with an extra couple million dollars to to pay him for those last two months of his final season in an Oriole uniform. But to his credit, you know everybody likes to dump on John Angelos right now, but to his credit. It was a relationship, and I'm not sure who went first, you know, whether Adam reached out to John or John reached out to him, but I think they've had a meeting of the ways that he's an important Oriole uh, in the history of the franchise. And, uh, you know, with all due respect to Adam and his importance in that, remember these four years that there was no dialogue, the Orioles were in the midst of a very deep rebuild. Yeah and a survival mode as a franchise during the pandemic. You know, everybody likes to point out how much money the Orioles are making now and bashing John Angelos. But remember, they didn't have, they didn't have any, any cash revenue coming in from ticket sales for about two and a half seasons, you know. Mm. And I think people ought to remember that a little bit. Oh, that's, that's and a this point. again... This, again, I always point to this. Do I know the Angelos family books? No. Do I know how they have their uh, estate planning set up? But this is not the guy. John is not the guy with the money. And that changes the club's ability how they could have spent money. Now, that doesn't 
defend his comments in the New York Times where he was talking about, well, we're, unless we get these, uh, you know, concessions from the state and we get these other revenue streams, we're not going to be able to afford keeping these players unless we raise ticket prices tremendously. Um, I don't think that was an appropriate line of, uh, line of discussion right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that point. Um, Adam Jones, to, to kind of close there, nobody's worn number 10 in Baltimore since he left. Will anybody wear number 10 in Baltimore ever again? Um, prob- pro- I don't know if they'll retire the number, but uh, I think it'll be a while before anybody wears it again. You know, but that's uh, a it's a good point. You know, they immediately gave. I, I still the 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 player that hurts me the most is Musina. Uh, you know, they immediately gave Josh Towers number thirty five. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Left. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad look, uh, and that's forever changed because Rutschman is a thirty five. You know, he always wore 35, so uh, that number won't get retired. But uh, Adam's pretty darn close to the uh, top five guys there, you know, that are yeah. out there. Yeah, I, with I, statues. I agree with you. Now, and now, uh, Stan, somebody who's definitely going to have their number retired at some point is Shohei Otani. Um, he tears his UCL again. It looks like he's probably headed for a second Tommy John surgery. And he's going to stay and hit with uh, and hit for the the Angels to finish the year. How bad? I mean, one, the Angels have not uh, won more than they've lost since they they were under five hundred when they decided to keep him and go for it. They've been under five hundred since making that decision. How bad do the Angels look for not trading him at the deadline because of that, and now because of the Tommy, uh, what's probably going to be Tommy John surgery. And how does this injury impact his negotiations when considering uh, his negotiations for his contract, considering he's a free agent at the end of the year, and now he's probably he's not going to pitch next year? Yeah, well, his, his, his ability, his earning ability for next year is in, in some real jeopardy. You know, I'm sure some team will still take him on, but if, he, if he's waiting another six weeks to have that surgery, um, he's put his ability to get on the field much before, say, July 1st next year. You know, mm. I mean, Bryce Harper did it uh, because he was only going to hit. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Bryce Harper was a bit of a freak in terms of how quickly he uh, was ready to go. And his and, power and only just he, came back. What's that? And Harper's power only just came back. He he had three yeah, home runs in July. It's not like it's it's not like you got the Bryce Harper that you're paying all that money for for mm-hmm. these first six weeks. He's been back. He's just starting to really you know round into form. Um, look, it's it's what happens when you have ownership that butts in. Uh, the 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 story that is most infuriating to me is how Rick Hahn and uh, Ken, uh, what's his name, the White Sox uh, president of baseball operations. Uh, Ken, Ken Williams. Ken Williams, right. Yeah. They both lost their job. Did they decide to fire Rich Renteria and bring in uh, an obviously befuddled and lessened Tony La Russa? It's a, sh- a real shame that those that those guys 
their decision-making was bypassed by Jerry Reinsdorf, and yet Jerry Reinsdorf owns the team. So two years later, when the whole thing has gone to hell, the real culprit in it is Jerry Reinsdorf, mm-hmm. not Rick Hahn and Ken Williams. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar situation with the Angels. When you, let, when you don't let your baseball people make decisions, it was very similar to, you know, Dan Duquette, he wanted to trade. He, he knew he wasn't going to re-sign Manny Machado. He wanted to trade him the year before when you could have gotten really um, a, a real haul for him. Right. And in reality, all we've gotten out of him, all nicely, is Dean Kramer. Yeah. You know, that's not an equal trade. And it was silly for Peter Angelos. No, no, it's not fair to the fans uh, to trade uh you know, trade Machado, we, we've got to go all out. You, sometimes you have to be realistic about what your team's chances are. And the Orioles' chances in 2017 weren't, weren't very good on uh, July 20th or whereabout. They should have made that trade then. Yeah, they, and they have, should have traded Britain have. too then, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, Stan. So, um, Stan, what do you got coming up this week? Um, it'll be the... It'll be the boys uh, Monday at 4. Ross and uh, Luke and myself will discuss and kick around the Orioles and uh, other baseball action. And then we'll have a midweek guest that will probably be... Actually, I'm doing Dr. Sandy Siegel uh, from Chesapeake Urology, the CEO of Chesapeake Urology. I'm doing that Wednesday at 4.30 in the afternoon. He's got that big race coming up in September the Zero Prostate Challenge, a run-walk, where people get people to pledge money uh, that goes to prostate cancer, uh, you know, uh, research. Um, and then Thursday, I'll have somebody, don't know yet who that'll be. Ah, oh, three for with Stan this week. We're looking forward to it, yeah, Stan. Yeah, three for We will talk to you next Saturday. Enjoy the weekend, all right? All right. Keep your fingers crossed. Yes, sir. Bye. See you. Now, with Stan the Fan, Charles, who has changed up the format for his weekly shows, now every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan, and Stan was joined by Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. You can watch the shows live at Facebook.com slash PressBox or find them the next day at PressBoxOnline.com slash video and YouTube.com slash PressBox box online so join stan ross and luke this and every monday night special start time this week of four o'clock for stan um ross and luke on monday all right we're gonna catch a break when we come back in we're gonna do sounding off with zach goodman and the payoff pitch around the league that's next on the bat around you feel that that's the sound of football coming back and now's the time to place your preseason bets with superbook sports superbook is the most trusted name in vegas and now you can use my promo code glenn clark 23 to score up to 250 dollars with their first bet bonus win or lose they'll match your first bet up to 250 dollars with the promo code glenn clark 23 all one word no spaces two ends and glenn don't miss out this football season win some money with superbook 
Sports and that promo code GlennClark23. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. Hey, Birdland, Felix is coming. When the Orioles take on the Colorado Rockies at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 26th at 7.05. Be one of the first 20,000 fans, 15 and over, in attendance to receive a Felix Bautista bobblehead. Come out to celebrate this 2023 MLB All-Star and arrive early for Early Bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours before first pitch with live music, happy hour, and more. Plenty of ticket options are available. Get your tickets at Orioles.com tickets. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you're in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports and Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks to indulge in steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. Hotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Mar- Maryland5star.us for tickets.
back in live here on the bat around on a beautiful Saturday morning in the Towson slash Baltimore area. Uh, we are into the second hour of the show, and that means we are into sounding off with Zachary Allen Goodman. Zach, what do you got for us today? Well, Stan kind of brought it up a little bit earlier. The White Sox had a tumultuous week. It was a tumultuous. Yeah, they, I always they, think of mulch when I when oh, you, really? you put oh. the mulch into mulch. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know why you think that. Anyway, White Sox are 50 and 79, and they had a week from hell. That's what I would describe it as. I'm going to bring up a tweet uh, that is from John Nelson. He's at Sox Machine underscore Josh on Twitter. I don't know what affiliations he has, but anyway, he put this out. I'm going to quote it. Week covering the White Sox. Sunday, Han is one year left. That was in the news. Monday, White Sox exploring relocation. Nashville was the city that was named in that relocation article, by the way. Why would the White Sox move? I don't know, but that was in, that was in the news on Tuesday. Uh, uh, sorry, Monday. Tuesday, Han and Williams fired. On Wednesday, Getz reported the next GM. Thursday, Sox allow five home runs, lose to Oakland. And then Friday, yesterday, two fans are shot in the stadium, which is probably one of the wildest you know, when it comes to... How did they get into the stadium with a gun? I'm, I'm genuinely... I, I have no idea. How does that happen? I have no idea. It, 3D printed or something? Pla- I, I have no idea. But I, nobody died, luckily, at least yet. How do, but you, how do you 3D print a that's gun been, in that's a stadium? Been a, that's been a thing. I mean, I mean, you can 3D print anything. I get that. Yeah, but like, yeah. how do you I, 3D print a gun I, in a stadium? I don't know. And clearly, their, their security team is not doing a good enough job to go through people's bags or whatever it is. That's insane that that happened. Insane. And, you know, that's that's not even what the segment's going to be about. That's probably the most insane thing to happen all baseball season when it comes to fans or stadiums or whatever it is. Someone actually, two people, get shot inside a stadium. And that's not even what I'm having this segment about. It's just part of this week for the White Sox that was just unreal. And then we heard the news, and Josh didn't even put this in the tweet, that Tony La Russa has made a return to the White Sox as an advisor. Now, Jerry Reinsdorf, we know Stan's talked about it in much detail. We've talked about it as well. Jerry Reinsdorf feels like he owes things to Tony La Russa, and and that's been well covered and well documented. He was probably one of the worst managers the White Sox have had in the past God knows how long. Hall of Fame manager, incredible manager in his past, couldn't keep up with the times, failed as the White Sox manager. After firing Rick Renneria, who I thought was actually a pretty good manager. Yeah, I, I, we all, I, I believe Rick Renneria. I mean, he brought them to the playoffs multiple times. Is he I'm, minging at all? Anywhere? I was going to say, I'm shocked he doesn't have like the Angels job or something, because... They, I don't know, but it's very shocking that he's out of the league. They bring back Tony Larusa as an advisor this week. It, it seems like to me that Jerry Reinsdorf is doing what we hope John Angelus went to in Baltimore. We see Jerry Jones kind of do it with the Cowboys, and Stan said it really well. It's owners believing that they're the baseball people, that they know how to to run baseball teams and make baseball moves when you've literally hired people to do those things for you. And you know, I I don't think Hunter Williams from what I've read over this past week, did the best job in, in Chicago. I don't believe that. I mean, I the team wasn't that good this year, and it was never really built for a playoff run. That division's easy. They probably figured, hey, with this team, we might be able to beat out Cleveland or any of the other teams that may be at the top. But the point is, Reinsdorf clearly tries to meddle in just about everything that happens in this organization. And we certainly don't want that to happen here in Baltimore. And then to bring back a guy like Tony La Russa, 
who is is probably one of the more hated people in Chicago at, at the moment for what he did to that team and, and tore it apart, and they haven't been good since then. Didn't he fall asleep in the dugout? He did fall asleep in the dugout at one point. That's yeah. ridiculous. He was he was a train wreck, and mm-hmm. because he hadn't managed in what twenty years prior to that. No, it it, it had been ten years. Ten years. Okay, ten, ten years prior to that. The guy is, again, Hall of Fame manager, but he hasn't kept up with analytics, the times. Players didn't really get along with him very well. It just wasn't a good move. And now to bring him back, it's a horrible sign of the fans. It's a almost like... If you're a White Sox fan right now and you're looking at what Jerry Reinsdorf is doing, you're saying, I don't know how I can support this team Mm -hmm. at the moment with the way they've, they've operated. And then you hear that people are getting shot inside the stadium and... Just the worst week ever. Now, basically, all their top executives are gone. They're going to have to replace them. Getz is the new guy that's reported to be GM. I'm not sure it's been confirmed yet. We'll see how well of a job he does. Apparently, he's been an up-and-comer in the industry for a little bit. So, we'll see. Good luck to him. But the White Sox are every bit a mess as the Rockies, the Angels, the other two teams that I constantly sound off about. They're all bad. Really badly run by poor owners. Yeah. 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 Best way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the thing with La Russa... He's Reinsdorf's buddy. Yes. I, I yes. get that. An advisor is like, okay, it's a title so that this guy can yeah. get a paycheck. I get that too. But it's a bad look. It's a really bad it's, look. It's a bad look. I don't know how much in, uh, impact it's going to have on Probably the actual not a franchise. Like, I don't think he's going to have his hand in on anything. No. I think it's just he's like, hey, Reinsdorf's like, hey, you want to come hang out with me for every uh, every home game? And, you know, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, $250,000 a year <laughs> right. to do it. Cool. Yeah. Let's hang out and drink drink three bottles of bourbon every night fall, fall asleep during the game yeah you can fall asleep in the air in the air-conditioned suite that i that i uh, owner's box that, that i bring you into every game I, I don't think it has any impact on the team internally yeah externally it's a bad look yeah it's a bad look and, and the white Sox are bad and it's crazy man because i remember when you're looking at this team it's eloy jimenez and luis robert and tim, right. and tim anderson and jose abreu and and and, and um, giolito was at the top of his game and at that and, point. and lucas giolito and you know you're super excited about the fact that now they they've drafted andrew vaughn and dylan like, cease was really good dylan yeah, yeah. and like this team is going to be incredible for a long time they have like a right. lot of young controllable guys they're going to be good for a decade right and how quickly they've fallen off of a cliff because of you know contrasting personalities yeah. and just really poor decisions by ownership, which makes you nervous in Baltimore. Sure, um, you know it's just it's a good sounding off because it's a legitimate gripe that this team is a train wreck. Do you buy the Nashville thing at all? The what? The Nashville relocation rumors? No, I, I don't no. either. Um, for for. I mean, maybe Angelos will John Angelos will um, be the owner of the national team and leave <laughs> yeah, our there, poor there Orioles you go. alone. There you go. Um, may, maybe that will be the case. Him and Jerry but can team up. I, I think the more so, I think what we're more likely to see is expansion to yeah. 32 teams in Nash with Nashville getting a team. I mean, like I, I get Nashville is for the geographic element of it and having the Titans in Nashville. I, it makes sense to say, okay, every time a team wants to relocate, Nashville's the spot. But it gets weird and kind of old. How like they, they, they've every, still got to build a stadium. Right. There's nothing even there. There's no existing infrastructure. There's nothing there. Every time we hear about a team willing to move, it's like Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. There's it's well, very odd. I do believe that Nashville will get a baseball team. Uh, but an expansion but team. I think it's going to be an right. expansion team. When they start building a stadium, yeah. that's when I believe something's going to happen. Right, you know, right now I have no reason to believe anything is on the on the happening in the foreseeable future because exactly. they, they don't have a stadium, right? And they won't approve a team moving there, and they won't approve a, a, an expansion team there until there's a stadium being and built. It's going to take two or years, or until they have plans to build the stadium, right? 
right? Yeah. Uh, until that, you know, we're, we're minimum two years. Right. And I mean, that's when they get plans to build the stadium. You've seen how long in Oakland it's taken for them to... Yeah. They've been talking about moving for the past five years. Maybe maybe, maybe more Probably than longer that. than that. Yeah, longer than that. And Las Vegas is, you know, the, the location they ended up deciding on. But it took a while to get there. And they're probably not even in the process of building that stadium yet. I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming they're not there yet with that. These things take time. And to constantly just throw around Nashville, Nashville, Nashville. The Orioles are moving to Nashville. The White Sox are moving to Nashville. The Rays. The Rays are moving to Nashville was a rumor a while back. Then Montreal got brought up as well. I think that the owner might have said something about that. Re- relocation rumors are the worst. Hate them. Awful. But the White Sox just had the worst week ever. They had yeah. relocation rumors, a shooting inside the stadium. Tony Larusa comes back. They're now 50-79. and 79. Give up Dylan, five home runs to the to the to the A's. Dylan Cease had like a seven earned run game this week. Just yeah. brutal. I think that was brutal. last night. Um, yeah, and it's funny you bring up the Montreal Expos because they're in part of the uh, they're part of the first descript- the first game recap in Orioles banter. The Montreal Expos as the Washington Nationals. I'm assuming. No. No. Okay. Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Hayes combined for four hits and two home runs, but Gunnar Henderson stole the show with a go-ahead game-winning two-run shot in the bottom of the eighth as the Orioles became the first AL team to reach 80 wins, taking down the Rockies 5-4. to four. The Rockies became the first team since the 1970 Montreal Expos to lose five consecutive games while leading or tied in the eighth inning. Matt Manning allowed just one hit, one base runner, and one run over six in the third innings, and Parker Meadows hit a walk-off three-run homer and a four-run ninth as the Tigers one-hit the Astros, winning 4-1. to one. Carter Keyboom homered, Jose Menezes drove in three, and Yona Don, Yona Don, I guess, uh, allowed two hits over six shutout innings in the National 7-4 victory over the Marlins. Garrett Cole struck out 11 while allowing one earned run over seven and two-thirds innings and was backed by two D.J. LeMahieu home runs as the Yankees helped out the Orioles with a 6-2 win over the Rays. Kyle Schwarber and Alec Bohm homered to back solid uh, back six solid innings from Christopher Sanchez in a Philly 7-2 win over the Cardinals. Mitch Keller threw eight shutout innings uh, as the Pirates cooled off the Red Hot Cubs 2-1. Tanner Bybee threw six innings of two-run ball, and Ramon Laureano homered and drove in three, proving the difference in a Guardians 5-2 win over the Blue Jays. Freddie Freeman had four hits, and Max Muncy drove in three to lead the Dodgers past the Red Sox 7-4. Nick Allen homered amongst his four hits, driving in five, and Ryan Ryan Noda had five, had three hits and three RBIs of his own as the A's routed the White Sox 12-4. Patrick Sandoval struck out seven over six innings and one run ball to lead the Angels past the Mets 3-1. Roddy Telez drove in four and Brendan Woodruff struck out 11 over six innings in a Brewer 7-3 victory over the Padres. Manny Machado homered in the loss. Sonny Gray dominated, allowing one run in seven innings and the Twins hit three home runs while handing the Rangers their eighth straight loss. 12-2. Jakes Peterson tripled twice and drove in three to lead an offensive surge by Arizona as they won a shootout with the Reds 10-8. The Mariners won through four hitters combined for 11 hits and five RBIs as the Mariners hung on for a 7-5 victory over the Royals. Bobby Witt picked up his eighth triple in the loss. He has been on absolute fire since June. Mike, and finally, Michael Harris to the second had three hits, including a home run. And Spencer Strider struck out nine over seven innings of one-run ball to lead the Braves over the Giants. Five to one. Zach, what's on tap today amongst around Major League Baseball? Well, it's been confirmed by Andy Kotzka, I believe is how you pronounce the last name, that D.L. Hall is on his way to Baltimore as a bullpen reinforcement. So maybe we'll see D.L. Hall tonight. But in the ninth inning. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It could maybe, happen. Maybe, baby. It could happen. He's been successful as of late. Or as Roger would say, maybe, baby. Oh boy. I'm gonna get into uh 
Cleveland and the Blue Jays. That one's in Toronto. That's our first game of the day at 3 o'clock. Logan Allen, Yinjin Ryu. That's, again, 307, Guardians and Jays. Max Free goes for the Braves. Ryan Walker for the Giants, 405 in San Fran. Julio Arias goes for the Dodgers. James Paxton, the vet lefty, goes for the Sox, 410 at Fenway. Jordan Lyles, Logan Gilbert, Royals and Mariners, 410 at T-Mobile. Jake Irvin, Yuri Perez, Nats and Marlins, an in-division matchup, NL East, 410 in Miami. Clark Schmidt goes for the Yankees. Tyler Glasnow goes for the Rays, 410 at Tropicana Field. Hunter Brown goes against Eduardo Rodriguez, Astros and Tigers, 610 at Comerica Park. Your Baltimore Orioles start Kyle Bradish, 705 tonight at Oriole Park against Chris Flexen and the Rockies. Orioles look to pick up a second straight win with D.L. Hall in the bullpen. Chase Silseth, Carlos Carrasco, Mets and Angels, 710 at City Field. J.P. Sears, Tuki Toussaint, White Sox and Athletics, 710. That's in Chicago. Hopefully a better night for, for the Chicago White Sox. Hopefully nothing crazy happens. I don't care if it's a better night or not. Who the hell I, cares I, about I, the Chicago White Sox? Padres and Brewers, Pedro Avila, Freddy Peralta, 710 American Family Field. Javier Assad goes for the Cubs. Colin Selby goes for the Pirates. That's 710 at PNC. Max Scherzer, the vet, makes another start for the Rangers. Joe Ryan goes for the Twins. That's 715 in Minnesota. Dakota Hudson, Zach Wheeler, Cardinals and Phillies. That's 715 at Citizens Bank Park. Final game of the night is 810. It's an early one this week. Reds and D-backs, Fernando Cruz, Zach Davies, 810 at Chase Field. That's what we got. There you go. That's yeah. what we got. That's early. 810 eight, is a early last game, and 307 is a late first game. It's odd. It's a, Weird. um, yeah. Oh, could, it, could be around preseason football, maybe they did that? I don't know. I'm not it's sure. The first, it's week zero of college football. That's also true. There's, That's I just remembered that because, A, I had my picks for press box for Glenn Clark mm. Radio. Okay. Um, are you are you usually on, or do you send it to them, and how does that work? Um, I just send them. Okay, send them it, the picks. Uh, Griffin sends me the uh, sends me in an email the the games, and I make my picks. So uh, this week you've got Navy taking on Notre Dame in okay. Ireland in Dublin. Okay. Um, you've got San Jose State taking on USC, and you've got what is it? Hawaii taking on um. So the Notre Dame matchup is the only one anyone cares about, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. We, I, I can't remember. And Navy's that. not winning that game. Like, there's zero, no, they're, they're not there's winning. They're, they're not winning that game. Notre Dame is favored by. Um, Notre Dame is favored by something like 17 points. Okay. So I took Navy. Yeah. Um, I took Navy to win the. Um, well, maybe to, to, not not to win, but I took Navy to cover. In the better round, we can we can break that down. I guess we don't need to. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not a college football guy. Like I, I know very little about college football. Yeah. Very little. N- neither do I. But it, it keeps me more. And the uh, one thing I hate is I still work in the restaurant on Saturday night, so mm-hmm. I still have to miss Saturday baseball games yeah. and Saturday football. And I love I, I love co- I, I like college football. I really do. I, but hmm. but I don't have an opportunity to watch it because I always have to work. Like if Maryland is on and I'm doing nothing, then I'll watch it. Or like there's a great bowl game or something where. You know, there's two huge teams in it from a huge conference. Maybe I'll watch it, but I, yeah. it just doesn't do that much for me. So you got the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I had no idea that was their name. That's a cool name. Uh, they're taking on Vanderbilt. Um, that is today at 7.30 on the SEC Network. Uh, Vanderbilt favored by 17.5. I took Hawaii um, because Hawaii, I mean, they always have a really good offense. And Vanderbilt's not sure. ranked. I, I, I think Vanderbilt will win, but I don't think they're going to win by 18 points. I've never heard of Vanderbilt as a... Legit football school. Yeah. Not their thing. Um, San Jose State Spartans, the number six USC Trojans. 
San Jose, they have a really good offensive line. They've got a decent quarterback returning, and they don't turn the football over. USC has to win by 31 to cover. That's, I don't think that's happening. Not week one of the football season. No. Um, so I took San Jose State. I actually, now that I look at it, I took all the underdogs. And then the Navy midshipmen against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That's at 2.30 on NBC. I took um, Notre Dame favored by 21. I took Navy. They're not losing by three touchdowns. They always play Notre Dame hard. It's always a good game. I mean, last year they almost beat them. So, anyway, it's a baseball show. Uh, like you just said, Andy Kotzko, <laughs> Hadley Rutschman's big tits uh, reported, yes. reported it first, and Andy Kotzko confirmed. Um, maybe it was a Baltimore banner that reported it first, but it's usually um, – ARBT. Um, ARBT. ARBT. Two. He's ARBT two now. So. Yeah. Um, so, somehow this guy is legitimately in the Orioles organization. He was at dinner with Mike Elias and he's posting pictures of Mike Elias. It's creepy. Like it's really weird. I he it's so funny. It's a burner account. Like yeah. it's oh, cle- yeah, it's sure. clearly a burner account. I just I think it's I think it's hilarious. I'm I think it's creepy. Like Mike Elias, if he finds out who this is, is gonna fire this guy. Undoubtedly. You think so? Yes. Yes. I don't know, man. He's uh, leaked a lot of stuff. It's, a lot watch of stuff. it be like Mike Elias's brother, and he <laughs> watch it be Mike Elias. No, well, there there were pictures of my. I mean, I guess he could so, have had someone else take it. Yeah, but still, man. I, I, don't I know. think it would be freaking hysterical. It was Mike Elias? I think it's hysterical anyway because it's clearly a guy who has close ties he, to the Orioles. Tweeted, so there's this restaurant in San Diego, and when they were in San Diego, they went to this restaurant, clearly the Orioles front office, and he said Lou and Mickey's, which is the restaurant, was good. And there's a picture of Mike sitting across the table looking down at his phone, like. That is the creepiest thing ever. Well, the, <laughs> so how would Mike Elias not know who this guy is? Because the picture was yeah, obviously I, taken from across know. the table. Unless this was somebody who's clearly not in the Orioles organization, and they sent that picture, it might be somebody... I don't know. Th- this guy might be close friends with or married to... Could be. Somebody... Could be. Just travels with the team. Who uh, knows? It could be. It could be a woman, for all we know. Sure. We, we have We have no idea who this is, but I love it. It's hysterical. <laughs> And they re- like the, the the news that they report is like legitimate. It, it consistently comes out about fifteen minutes before like the big guys get on it. You know, yeah. a- the Andy Kotzkas of the world or Rockabacos, whoever it is. He consistently break she or whoever it is consistently breaks things. And it's mm-hmm. it's um, Lou and Mickey's was great with Mike Elias sitting there. It's so weird and so creepy. And then Baja Ricks was the other one he posted. Go look at the pictures if you haven't seen it. It's weird. Downright weird. Yeah, see, uh, you think it's weird and creepy. I think it's freaking freaking hysterical. If I found out about this person, I'd file a restraining order. Seriously, if I was Michael Eyes. Unless it's him. (laughs) Or his wife. Oh, you'd file a restraining order? Yeah, if, if I'm getting my picture posted, if I don't want it all over Twitter, that someone's following See, me. See, that's why I think it could be Mike Elias. I don't think he cares. I think he maybe. I think he probably thinks it's funny too. Like, think about like if someone was just stalking you and posting pictures of you on. Dude, dude, somebody, somebody created a Twitter account mm-hmm. with my picture from a Facebook post. Oh, nice. From. Nice. Years ago, I'm talking like 2016. This picture, 2015, 2016. This picture was taken, and they they created their own Twitter account with called Vol Pally, Vol <laughs> called Vol Pally, and they created this Twitter account just to crap on me. By the way, my mom was was googling the show the other day, and she googled your name, and it came up with Paul Paul's Valley in like Oklahoma or something. Oh. There's a place called Paul's Valley. Isn't that awesome? That's yeah. awesome. I like that. Paul's By Valley. the way, AJ wants to know where you got the orange and black leash for his dog. I want two. I don't know what he's talking about. He's maybe oh. on your fa- is he on your Facebook page or something? Yeah, right, he Twitter? and I are friends I on okay, Facebook. Okay, cool. And um, 
there's a picture that I, a video I posted of Bruce from a year ago. We actually don't have that leash anymore. Okay. Um, and you'll have to ask my wife. She's the one who got it. But you can probably just. Or, I think she ordered it from like Amazon. Okay. But it was a it was a six foot leash. Um, it was orange and black, and Bruce was still a puppy. Okay. And it, it was a it's a video of me walking Bruce, and when we, when I take Bruce for walks, he thinks he's controlling everything. He grabs the leash with his mouth and walks with the leash in his mouth like he's walking me. And it, it he did it as a puppy. He's done it since the day we brought him home and he still does it today. And I, nice. I think it's I think it's it's like the cutest thing ever. That's funny. He's such a good dog. And no, he's not named after Bruce Springsteen. He's named after <laughs> I wasn't even gonna say it. He's All named right. after Batman. Well we have Ken Wyman coming on the show we, oh in just, in my just a, God, few, we a do. few minutes. Ken and I are both very we Ken, have two we have two things in common. We are very passionate Orioles fans. It's like our first love yeah. next to the people in our lives. And, and dogs. And our dogs are both named Bruce. His dog is actually named after yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Well, Mine is named after Batman. Ken would be very happy to know that I'm seeing Bruce Springsteen three times in September. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I, very I'm excited what, for that. He's never going to come on the show again after you tell him how much I, I oh rag my on God. you for, for that, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah, he probably won't. I yeah. we, <laughs> we shouldn't do a segment on while he's here. Don't, um, don't say anything. Um, so D.L. Hall coming up, reported first by um, ARBT, the second apparently, and um, Andy Kotzka confirming for the Baltimore Banner. Look, if, if Felix Bautista is going on the 10-day IL, if it's a 60-day IL, be concerned. 10-day IL, as soon as he came out of the game, that was going to happen. Yeah. It's not like they were going to be like, oh, his arm just got tired. He's going to pitch again tonight. I don't think they're going to put him on the 60-day. On the yeah. I think they're going to put him on the 10 and say, you know what? It's fine, and then move him over there if they have to eventually. Yeah, yeah which is exactly what's going to happen. Um, maybe not the it's fine thing, but they'll put him on the 10-day IL till, until they know exactly what's going on. For all we know, like Stan says, it's a muscle strain. Maybe it's a bicep strain like what they had with uh, Danny Coulomb. Um, but let's not freak out and say, oh, God, D.L. Hall's here. That means Bautista's done for the year. It means that they made a corresponding roster move because they know Bautista's not going to pitch for a couple of weeks sure. minimum. Or, and I'm just throwing this out there just in case, Jack Flaherty, if there's something, maybe he goes on the injured list. He's had that soreness. It's not going to be Flaherty. It's pr- it's, it's, I'm just providing an alternate alternative, just in case. An, alter- an, an alternate al- alternative. <laughs> an alternate alternative. <laughs> yeah, that, that. well, look, it, it, Jack Flaherty clearly not feeling his best. He's not pitching. He's shut. It seems like he's shut down like for a very short period of time for the moment. Mm-hmm. He's sore. He doesn't feel right. I'm not saying that, that Jack Flaherty couldn't be going on the I.L., I'm not saying I that. I doubt it. I'm just, but I'm saying that I think it's that this is a corresponding move for Felix. Mo- most likely, you know. Um, Let's see what ARBT says. We'll, yeah. we'll have it first. <laughs> I love it. I just absolutely. Hopefully, love in it. the next half hour. Um, but I, look, DL Hall has figured it out at the minor league level as a Seems reliever. Like he's been throwing strikes. He's Velo's back up to 98 again. So he's throwing strikes. He's got four wipeout pitches, man. Yeah, like I, I love the move that he's coming up. I think it sucks as because I think he was coming up soon, regardless. I think it sucks that it has to be because of a Batista injury. Yeah, but I'm glad that he's going to be here. And look, this is just step one in re- in in keeping no that bullpen going no strong. And th- there's no doubt, and we'll, I'll get into it later in the show, towards the end of the show. There's no doubt that this bullpen is is still a weapon. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what DL Hall has. I'm a little bit scared because we've seen in the past he's had some really good outings. He's also had some not so great outings. And I, I look at more of that start he had against Tampa Bay, and that that clouds my memory, I guess, a little bit because it wasn't his best outing. That was a year ago. That was a year ago. A year well, ago, I mean, yeah, I mean, when he came up I, for his one outing back in April, he struck out seven in three innings. That's true. I'm going to choose to believe that Deal Hall has not changed all that much as a pitcher since last year and, and at this time. But I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. He what, was really good in September last year. He, he was, and for his it, fielding independent pitching was like, like one, 165. Yeah, it was really low. I was about to say that. I 
the the numbers certainly proved that he was a little better and and certainly unlucky defensively. I mean, he was at like a six ERA, I think, with a FIP of one point six five, which is just unheard of. Yeah, which means his defense screwed him over basically, more or yeah. less. That's what that means. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Deal Hall. It's, it's it's a worthy shot, and let's uh, you know, if there's any guy to replace him, I guess it's that. AJ saying that. He is wondering if he's, if we're trusting D.L. Hall or Tyler Wells more. I'm probably on the Tyler Wells train. I, if they're going to have somebody fill in as a closer, I, I, yeah. right now, I think internally, I think it's going to be uh, Danny Coulomb. Yes, I agree. I, I think yep. he's going to get the ninth inning. Um, but if it's going to be we need a dominant, hard-throwing closer, it's probably yeah. going to be, I would imagine it would be Tyler Wells. So I think for Tyler Wells, and my, my theory will, with this is that he's going to come up around September 15th and then he's just going to not leave the roster until everything's over and, and said and done with because I really don't think they want to stretch him out anymore and, and not stretch him out is not the word but use him more than they have to well, I really they, think they, they want to limit his they innings. sent him to Bowie to keep him close they sent yeah. him to their Bel Air Pitching Academy yep and he's in Norfolk now mm-hmm. I think September you're, you're talking three and a half weeks from now yeah eh, I, 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 I believe that I or no it's actually three weeks from now I don't believe that it's going to be that long. I think he'll be back in a week. By the way, Ryan and I had a probably five or ten minute discussion last week on the show about whether this Bel Air pitching lab is actually a real thing or a metaphorical thing. I've seen it. It's actually, where is it? It's, um, because I know Steve Johnson works there. Oh, okay. By the way, I faced Steve Johnson. Oh, yeah? In a a baseball (laughs) game in my 30 and over league a couple of weeks. It was our second to last game of the year. And he walked me. Nice. Which was cool. We had Steve Johnson on the show, not that. We, we did. Couple, I, 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 went up, so. I went up to him, to him after the game and introduced myself and said, hey, man, I'm Paul Valley. You run my show, The Bat Around. And, um, he, he, was really, he doesn't throw as hard um, as he did in the majors, obviously. He was, yeah. He's throwing maybe 70, 75, but his, his, his uh, secondary stuff was just nasty. Um, but, so he, he pitched well. He, th- he gave up two runs in four innings. Um, we ended up losing that game by, by two runs. Um, That's pretty I, cool. I pitched. I pitched well. Um, I threw two. There were two pass balls allowed three runs to score, and that was a difference in the game. Um, anyway, AJ said AJ's really proud of you. AJ's really proud of you. I'm yeah. proud of you too. That's pretty impressive. Not oh. gonna lie. You know well, what? You know. What is he like? 30, 35? Yeah, he's thirty five. Look at yeah. that. So that's pretty good. You know, Paul. That's 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 pretty impressive. Former major league pitcher. You know, still still mm-hmm. at a major league age. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and I um I pitched against him. I don't think I gave up a hit. I think I got him to pop out. And I think I walked him once. Yeah. I think I walked him once and I think I got him to pop out. But anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> 30 and over baseball and my season's over. So his season's over too. They didn't make the playoffs either. Mm, too bad. Um, yeah, too bad. Um, we're, we were supposed to talk this entire, ser- this entire segment about Adam Jones. Adam Jones uh, retiring as an Oriole on September 15th at Camden Yards prior to the game against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um... This is one of the most important players in the history of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, you you talk about, you know, you have your, your guys with their, and Stan talked about this, you've got your guys with their retired numbers. It's uh, it's Jim Palmer, Brooks Robinson, it's um, uh, Cal Ripken, Earl Weaver, Eddie Murray, and uh, Frank Robinson. Yep. Of the five players who have their numbers retired, you're going to be hard-pressed after those five players to find a more impactful player right. in the history of the Baltimore Orioles. And you can talk about Boog Powell. You can talk about Nick Mar- I love Nick Markakis is one of my all-time favorite Orioles. I love sure. Nick Markakis. It's the same reason I love Jordan Westberg. I think he's cut from the same cloth as Nick Markakis. Um, 
Adam Jones' importance to this community cannot be overstated. Um, he was instrumental in helping this team win more games than any team in the American League for five over the course of five seasons. Um, he was active in the community. He was the the heart and soul of that team. If, if Nick Markakis was the quiet leader, Adam Jones was the face and heart and soul of that team. Um, and every team needs one of those guys. I love that the relationship has been re- repaired and rebuilt with the Orioles. Because when we heard last year that the, he had, the Orioles hadn't reached out to him in four years, people can say, oh, the phone works both ways. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You you tried to trade this guy who had his five and ten year rights. Um, you tried to trade him. He didn't want to go, and then you never like. And then he left for Arizona. There was no um, goodbye, Adam Jones from the, from the club. You know the fans appreciated him. We all knew he was leaving, but then did not reach out to him for four years. The phone works one way in that in that instance. Yeah. He's he's not going to call you. You got to call him. And they repaired that relationship. He was Mr. Splash a little bit ago. Yeah. He's doing a, po- a local podcast with Jerry Coleman. And he is... Um, Which is really good, by the way. Yeah. Really good. I, I've listened to it. It yeah. is really good. Not people. Jerry Coleman gets a bad rap. I, I, I actually like him. I was his producer at 105.7 The Fan for a little bit. Yeah. And he was, it, it was hard producing for him because he has he's very particular and has, has a lot of demands. Yeah. Really nice to me. He was really nice to me. He told me how great of a job I would have personal phone conversations with him, and he told me how good of a job I was doing. Um, he's a he's a really nice guy, and a lot of his a lot of his on air character is, is a little bit of shtick. He is that guy, but it's really toned down behind the scenes. I believe it. I really liked Jerry Coleman, one of my favorite guys there, and uh, Adam Jones. Obviously, the two of them together uh, do a really great job. And then the fact that Adam's going to have an on field retirement, and yeah, I would not be surprised. If they retired his number and inducted him into the Orioles Hall yeah. of Fame, I I think that they'll that they're gonna at the very least induct him into the Orioles Hall of Fame immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's worn his number since he left, right? And I don't see anybody wearing his number. I, the, his importance, he was he was a face of the franchise when they came back from obscurity, yeah. and made the playoffs in 2012, made them three times from 2012 to 2016. He was a face of the franchise, yeah. Uh, um. How do you? F- I think that they should retire his number. There, there are teams that retire. I mean, we see it from the Yankees all the time, and he was no less of a player than Paul O'Neill. Oh no, right? No. Um, I th- there are players who are not in the Hall of Fame whose numbers are retired sure. by by their organization. I think Adam Jones deserves as much as anybody to have his number retired by the I, Orioles, well, he, for, even though he's not in the Hall of Fame. He was the modern name Mister Oriole. I mean, yeah. he was the guy, and it, he's number ten. He'll always be number ten. There will no, if there's ever another number ten, and and if they don't retire it, it still won't be the same. He is the, the the number ten, and he's he meant a lot. I mean, obviously, he was here for eleven years. He like you said, carried a lot of really good teams, and he was the star in a lot of those. Um, he was an all-around player, a great center fielder, good hitter who sometimes got a little too aggressive. But it, it, look, Adam Jones meant so much to this team, so much to the community. I cannot see a scenario where they don't retire the number. I'm very confident in it. You think so? It may not be now, but I, I think it's going to happen at some point see, soon. I can see how they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I believe that they should. Okay. You're confident that they will. Uh, for example... Terrell Suggs is just now going into the Ravens' ring of honor. Um, I could see it happening in a year or two where they say, okay, Adam Jones is joining the Orioles Hall of Fame or retiring the number at the same time. I could just see that happening. Yeah, and it's kind of like, I think they expect Terrell Suggs to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he should. Right? He should. I think, and there's also, there's some controversy around Terrell Suggs yeah. that you kind of want to get enough time. Not the man Adam Jones is. Yeah, that you want to kind of get um, time in between. Yeah. Um, so 
But it also took them, well, no, it, it really only took them three years to do it with Ed Reed. And Ed yeah. Reed still played in 2013, So, and they retired his number. Um, did they retire Ed Reed's number? No, because people still wear, no. No, it's retired. Yeah, Absolutely they, retired. Yeah, they retired Ed Reed's number, put him into the Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, Man, that would have been a travesty. <laughs> and they I, don't, not, I don't think they retired his number. I mean, no one's worn it. Certainly, no yeah, one's no one's worn. No one's, no one's worn fifty-two for that matter. No, either. no. so um, I mean, I'm very confident fifty-two is retired. I'm almost. 100% yeah, but nobody, positive. nobody's ever gonna wear it. Nobody's no, gonna no. wear twenty. No, nobody's gonna wear. 52. And even if they don't retire it officially and put the number up on on in left field, I that's fine as long as no one wears it. I think that's it's a totally different situation than Mike Messina. Stan brought that up, and I'm I'm gonna disagree with him here. I, I it's a totally different situation. You weren't. You were too young. To remember, it, it, that's true. But Adam Jones is known as an Oriole and Oriole only. Yeah, nobody that's, thinks of him that's true. as a Diamondback or a Mariner. Nobody really cares about that. He's nobody an Oriole. thinks of him as a player in the Japanese league. He's a, yes, right. Adam Jones is a Baltimore Oriole. Right. Nobody. That's, that's true. Mike Messina is thought of as an Oriole and a Yankee. If you're not, if you don't live in Baltimore, you're not from here. I think a lot of people are going to think of him as a Yankee predominantly. That's just my opinion. That, that sucks because Mike Mussina is my favorite pitcher of the all Yankees time. The Yankees just get more media his, coverage his the way it is. His 97 postseason performance is among the greatest of all time. Yeah, And for nobody sure. talks about it because the Orioles lost that I mean, His numbers were they, unreal. They, they lost, unreal. He had uh, 15 innings pitched, 25 strikeouts, one earned yep. run. Yep. And they lost both of his starts. I remember talking about this. We did that one series a while back on the show. I think it was in the offseason where we talked about like some of the best all-time performances in the playoffs and stuff like that. And he, he, unbelievable. But I, I think his career, as soon as he became a Yankee, since they get more media coverage, he became, to a lot of people who don't live in Baltimore, a Yankee as much as he was an Oriole. Well, and, and that's the thing. He spent 10 years in Baltimore. He spent eight years in New York. He, right. he played in his only world... He pitched in his only World Series in... Yep. His only World Series appearances in New York. York. One had his 20-win season in New York. He was a better pitcher in Baltimore. Yeah, his, For his, sure. his best years were in Baltimore. And he was still very good in New York. Um, still has an American League record. I think it was 17 consecutive 11-win seasons. Um... Uh, which is, is I, think, I believe it's an American League record. And he did this in the American League East in the heart of the steroid era. Yeah. Deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Probably shouldn't have had his number retired by the Orioles because he went in without he went in without a team on, on his yep. head. Yep. Uh, and like, if he went in as an Oriole, maybe they would have thought about retiring his number. Here's the thing, though. I agree with Stan when Stan says giving his number to Josh Towers literally the season after he left Baltimore. It's petty. It was bad. Yeah, it was a bad, bad look. And the fact that you've seen guys like him and Daniel Cabrera and Brad Bergeson um, wear number 35. Adley Rutschman, to me, is the only person who's deserved to wear number 35. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it was someone that wasn't Brad Bergeson or Josh Towers, who were fine players, don't get me wrong, but they're not the Mike Messinas or Adley Rutschmans of the world. And, they're just and, not. And one day, we'll, we're thinking that we'll see 35 retired by the Orioles. You would think? Assuming... That the Orioles are able to keep him because apparently, according to the owner, they're going to be the um they'll, they'll be oh, financially yeah. underwater if they keep Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson. We're going to get into that with Ken Wyman coming up here after the break. Today's show brought to you by Pressbox's Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. You can watch the show every weekday from ten to noon at YouTube.com/slash/PressboxOnline or Facebook.com/slash/PressboxSports, or you can listen at PressboxOnline.com/slash/Radio with podcasts available on 
iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with Orioles pitcher Jacob Webb, retiring former Ravens linebacker Brandon Copeland, Commanders cornerback and Baltimore native Kendall Fuller, and new Towson football coach Pete Shinnick. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back from Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan, Ken Wyman, that's next on The Battle Round. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you are in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports and Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks to indulge in steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. Hotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Birdland, Felix is coming. When the Orioles take on the Colorado Rockies at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 26th at 7.05. Be one of the first 20,000 fans, 15 and over, in attendance to receive a Felix Bautista bobblehead. Come out to celebrate this 2023 MLB All-Star and arrive early for Early Bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours before first pitch with live music, happy hour, and more. Plenty of ticket options are available. Get your tickets at Orioles.com tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to Easy Pass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two N's in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and that promo code GlennClark23. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, back in here on the bat around, rolling right along on a beautiful Saturday in Baltimore. And joining us now from Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan, he is Ken Wyman. Ken, good morning. It's Paul. It's Zach. How are you today? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Doing really well, thank you. Um, we, we really appreciate you taking some time to join the show today. When when we asked you to come on, there was a big story going on, perhaps a little bit bigger of a story right now, is Felix Bautista coming out mm-hmm. of the game with one strike left last night with apparent arm discomfort. We've seen D.L. Hall is coming to Baltimore today, um, which probably means that we're looking at Bautista going on a minimum, the 10-day IL. How big of a loss is this for the Orioles to not have Bautista closing games for them, or at least for the short-term future? Well, short-term, you can get by, but long-term, it's big. And, and I know baseball history is littered with guys that have stepped up out of nowhere and helped teams make deep runs in the playoffs and even won a World Series. But Felix Batista is a difference maker. He's been the arguably the best and most dominant closer in baseball. And, and if you don't have him, there's really nobody else they have that can do what he does. When it happened last night, I was hoping he turned his ankle, maybe jammed his knee. Uh, I also, and I don't know anything, but the fact, I think if they had some good news, they'd be, they'd be telling us by now, but I just hopeful. I just, I, I, I just, I worry that, that they're not getting him back this year and that, you know, for lack of a better term, that would just suck. Yeah, I mean, you worry that they're not getting him back this year, and if it's something really serious, maybe not even next yeah. year. You're hoping you're hoping it's not that. Maybe it's a bicep strain or something like that. We know we from what we saw, he walked off the field under his own power. He walked off, you know. So we know, and they even said they, they said it was arm discomfort there um, last evening. Hopefully it was just a precaution. The fact he didn't take a warm-up pitch to try anything, they knew something was going on in there. Hopefully it's more precaution than anything else, but it would certainly hurt this team to lose him. However, Ken, I will say the bullpen in August has a 2.73 ERA, and that includes giving up, I think it was 12 runs out of the bullpen in the three games against Houston. And the, yeah. the, the current bullpen alone without Bautista, has a 3-2 ERA amongst the active players in that bullpen. So they have guys that can step up. Um, is this a situation, do you think that it that it makes the Orioles less of a contender this year without having Felix Bautista? Uh, uh, contender for the World Series? Yes. 
Yes, it does. So to me, and, and uh, it, it, it hurts me to say it, but yeah, if you if you don't have Felix Batista, because Felix Batista is the kind of guy that can steal a game for you in the postseason. Like mm-hmm. you've, we've watched him do it on the road four times. Where and, and again, there won't be any ghost runner in the playoffs, but he can pitch that extra inning, and you know he's not going to give up a run, and you can steal a baseball game. I, I don't know. It, like Fuji was a little better last night, but if if you're playing in a different park he gives up at least one maybe two home runs last night uh i, I just their guys casino Perez has pitched better obviously webb has been a godsend they, for for 28 teams to decide oh that guy is not interesting to me and then this guy is now high leverage for the orioles it, it's kind of a miracle at this point of the year but there's nobody that had maybe maybe cano gets back to where close to where he was early this season and he was virtually unhittable but there's, they, Felix is, is the trump card. He's the guy that, that changes everything. So that it, it makes a huge difference. Now, lost in the shuffle with all this, Ken, is the fact that Gunnar Henderson hit an amazing 107-mile-an-hour home run in the, in the bottom of the eighth inning to give the Orioles that lead and put Felix Bautista in the game. You're seeing a guy, if he's not there yet, he's a superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, how big is that home run when you're facing a team in the Rockies who had just blown three consecutive games to the to the Tampa Bay Rays? They're coming in here with one of the worst records in baseball, and you have, you're on the verge of losing the first game of the series against them. Gunner's home run last night. How big was that for the Orioles, and how big is it amongst their biggest hits of the season to this point? No, it's huge. Uh, and and but but we just saw in Tampa. This is what Colorado does, right? Like the Rockies. They had leads late in all three of those games in Tampa and figured out ways to blow them. And so they did that last night. But Gunner, Gunner, I think, is already a star. I think Gunner is going to end up being the best player of this group. He is an absolute stud. He's clutch. Left on left last night to get that home run. Last night early was a little frustrating because they had Freeland on the ropes and they kind of let him off the hook. And part of it is you've got two – sub major league hitters batting eight and nine in your lineup. I, when they sent McKenna up to bunt after the Westberg leadoff single in the second, what are we doing here? Like if, if you don't trust him to hit and they don't trust him to hit, then why is he here? Like bring right. somebody else up that, that can, that can give you an at bat, a quality at bat. And Mateo, it's the same, like, like not being able to get down a bunt the other night. I, I think Joey Ortiz would be able to get out a bunt. Joe, uh, McCann has had balls at his face that he's been able to get down for bunts multiple right. times this year. So, yeah, uh, it was a frustrating game early, and they took advantage of that horrible bullpen late and stole a baseball game, but that's what good teams do. Well, and this team, they're a very good team, 32 games over 500, the first American League team to 80 wins, the second-best record in all of baseball. They keep finding a way. Are, are, are we past the point where we need to stop doubting this team and really start looking at them as this team can go all the way this year? Well, again, that the, the Felix Batista variable comes in there. But if you would ask me that yesterday, I would say yes. Uh, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we get some good news with Felix. But absolutely. And they're going to, you know, I'm not happy with what they did at the deadline. And we'll see what Jack Flaherty is. I'm, I'm a little more uh, bullish on him still than, than others because he's had three starts. One was really good. One was okay. And one stunk. And hopefully he gets back in there and, and is able to help this team out. I wish they would have got another bullpen arm and that has nothing to do with Felix because there weren't going to get anybody that could have replaced him if he got hurt. But uh, they're going to have some internal guys come up. Means is going to come up. Wells is going to come up. We know DL Hall's on his way up. So they can lengthen this bullpen a little bit 
And I'd like to see them get another legit bench bat. Maybe that's Hicks who comes back at some point. But I, I just, yes, the, the short answer is yes. I think if, if Felix is able to come back, I think they can win the whole thing. And every every good team that has a chance to win a World Series has something in common. That's they, generally speaking, have an ace at the top of their rotation. Grayson Rodriguez has come up and in seven starts since coming back from the AAA. His ERA is three twenty four. He's looked really good. But the guy who's looked even better is Kyle Bradish. He's tied. He was going into yesterday before Garrett Cole started. He was tied for the best ERA in the American League and fourth best in all of baseball. Garrett Cole's getting all the Cy Young buzz, but Bradish had the same ERA, fewer walks, fewer home runs allowed, and a comparable WHIP. At what point are we starting to talk about Kyle Bradish as not even a dark horse candidate, but maybe a legitimate candidate for the Cy Young? And is he the Orioles' ace at this point? Well, he is their ace. I don't know if he's going to get enough attention uh, for Cy Young consideration just because the, the, the wins are low. And, yes, we've seen with guys like uh, Granke in the past and Felix Hernandez that guys with low win totals can win Cy Youngs. But I think he's not as sexy a candidate as Garrett Cole. Uh, but I do think he's their ace. I said at the all-star break that he, by the end of the season, he would be their ace and it wouldn't be close. And he's pretty much living up to that. He's one. And I guess Grayson's two right now and Kramer's three, but yeah, he, I, I think next year you're, when you pencil this rotation in and maybe they bring in somebody from the outside, but I, uh, the way they, they, the way they handle acquisitions and trades and free agency, I'll believe it when I see it, but right. uh, like, you, you know, I'd love to see them go out and get a big arm to add to this rotation. But I think Kyle Bradish is your opening day starter next year, assuming he's healthy. Yeah, I, I, I thought that he had a chance. The way he pitched down the stretch last year, I thought he had a chance to be their opening day starter this year. That obviously didn't happen, but he's been as good as, as advertised, if not better. And, and then you look at, you're going into a postseason series. It's probably Bradish, Grayson, and Kramer as your first three guys. Do you trust the Orioles' uh, rotation in a, in a series with those three guys uh, taking the mound uh, potentially twice each? It's well, but here's the thing. In a seven-game series, they're going to go with a four-man. Mm-hmm. And the, so I don't know yet who that fourth guy is. Is it Jack Flaherty? Does it end up being John Means? Uh, like, yeah. uh, I, trust, I trust them more than I did, say, a month ago. Uh, like Dean Kramer, the Orioles, I think, are 19-4 and four, or 16-4 and four in his last 20 starts. And he's 4-1 and one with like a 3-RA and a 1-0-7-5 whip. In since July first, like yeah. Dean Kramer's pitched really well, and, and it's time that people started giving Dean Kramer credit. Like, so I trust them more than I did. But let's be honest: when you get into the postseason and say they take on Texas, and you know Texas has some like Jordan Montgomery was the guy. If you were going to go get a St. Louis starter, that was the guy I wanted, and yeah. he's in Texas now with Scherzer. And if Evaldi comes off the IL, or if you face Houston and they added Verlander to Framber Valdez, like. There's some legit arms on these other playoff teams. The Orioles are sort of under the radar, but I do trust them more than I did say a month ago. Uh, and they have that that bullpen behind them again. No, no Felix, mm-hmm. but you know Cano, like as you alluded to, that he's been a lot better. Eleven straight scoreless outings. Uh, I'm sorry, ten straight scoreless outings. Perez, eleven straight. Webb, nine straight. Danny Coulomb comes back. He gets the one pitch save last night. You've got Hall coming up. You're going to get Means. You're going to get Wells back. I give the Orioles um, a, a fighter's chance uh, with what they have. Yeah. In that, uh, their bull, uh, Ken, I still have to believe their bullpen's a weapon, is it not? 
It is. It's just that you don't have that bazooka at the back end if he's hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, yeah. it, there there are times when he comes into games and you can just tell the other team wants no part of it. And, and like like he's he's been so good this year, and it's he again. He is the best and most dominant closer in all of baseball. Yeah. And it, it's it's just not. You just can't. There they have good arms. It's not. They're not lost without him. But you can't replace him. Yeah, and I don't mean to keep harping on it. It's just the biggest story going on in Baltimore. The previous biggest story, Ken, and you had a a, a rant for the ages um, earlier this week, uh, is what's going on with control person John Angelos. He suspends Kevin Brown for basically nothing, then tries to act as though he had nothing to do with him and is conducting an internal investigation. We find out he's asking for an extra $300 million in addition to the $600 million from the Maryland Stadium Authority, plus public land in the form of Ravens parking lots to build on which doesn't make any sense and then he goes with the new it was either the new york post new york times i can't remember which one it was he does an interview with them and says the orioles core won't times. be li- the times thank you um won't be lifelong orioles that like giving out 150 to 200 million dollar contracts to put the orioles financially underwater if they don't drastically raise concessions stan uh, sorry i'm so used to talking to stan ken is this a negotiating tactic or is this just uh, john angelos not knowing how to speak in public another time I don't think it's a negotiating tactic because what, where are you negotiating from? There's a there's legislation. Like you sign this thing, you get this money. There is no more money. It's legislation's in place for this amount of money. And, and and why would the Ravens want to do anything with him when he hasn't? Like I like he just assumes they want to be part of this. And, and this whole battery fantasy is and it's just that the battery is was basically built from scratch in the suburbs of Atlanta. You are here in the city. There's limited land. You cannot recreate something that's been built in the suburbs in the city with limited land. It's a joke. I know that the the story in the times, it seems based on the the, uh, reading it, that the interview was done when the Mets were in town. So it was done a couple weeks prior, but still it's, it's very interesting timing in the midst of, of a season where the Orioles might win 100 games for the first time since 1980. That that's where you decide to tell the fan base that you you can't uh, you can't afford to keep your players and you you'll be what was it underwater equilibrium elasticity whatever that means <laughs> and this is the same this is the same franchise that just paid Chris Davis 100 plus million dollars and seemed to survive it and Tampa and Pittsburgh and Cleveland are giving out 100 million dollar contracts and they seem to survive and they don't have and I know the regional sports network isn't as valuable as it was say 20 years ago but it's still more valuable that they have a more valuable entity than Tampa or Pittsburgh or Cleveland it's it's silly is what it is stop crying poor mouth if you care about the city run for office and sell the team right and 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 at this point and people keep asking me when is baseball going to force this guy out of ownership can can we just squash that right now because major league baseball they the owners would have to have to vote on it and agree to it and it's not like as far as we know there's no misconduct going on the guy's just kind of putting his foot in his mouth every time he talks to the public it's more buffoonery than than anything else Uh, i don't think they'll do that but on the flip side Anybody that's worried about him moving the team, he needs those same votes to move, and they're not going to let him do that. So, like, I, I, like, I get it. I'm old enough to remember the Colts moving, and so I get the agita about this whole thing with the lease. And 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 the other part of it is his father was not a beloved owner here, so there's a lot of stress. But 
he he ain't moving the team because Major League Baseball won't let him move the team. This is not 1984. Right. He can't just pack up in the middle of the night. But that said, it is it is crazy to me the, the ask and, and the idea that $600 million isn't enough. Just take your money, your free money, and sign the damn lease and let's modernize Camden Yards because it needs work. It, it, like 30-year-old stadium needs a paint job. Yeah. And uh, let's move on. And, and, and by the way, you know, when – if and when Peter passes, that might be when when John decides to cut bait because the estate taxes are going to be immense. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And he said that he's not selling. That the Orioles will not be sold for the foreseeable future. But I mean, what else is he supposed to say at that point? Because he's yeah. basically saying, you know, my father has to die for that to happen. Yeah. So you know, we won't get into that. A little bit better news. Um, going on in Baltimore right now, Ken, aside from the Orioles being the best team in the American League, is Adam Jones is returning to Baltimore on yes. September 15th to retire as an Oriole. Uh, it, it, in your mind, where does Adam rank all-time amongst uh, players in the in the history of the franchise? Uh, off the top of my head, he's got to be a top 10 Oriole, does it? Like, he's arguably the greatest center fielder in the history of the franchise. He was the face of the renaissance of baseball here from 2012 to 2016, you know, culminating with the 2014 division title. I think he is beloved in this city. I do not think that he always was right. Like, I, I thought it was a huge... He has the right as a 10-5 guy to veto a trade. I thought that was a huge mistake on his part to veto that trade. If he played yeah. well in Philly... That owner was throwing money around. He gave a ton of money to Andrew McCutcheon. He might have gotten a payday from Philly. Instead, he ends up going to Arizona for one year, and then he's in Japan. And, and his skills his skills declined quickly. Like, mm-hmm. he went from an all-star to a guy that wasn't starting in Japan in the blink of an eye. But he was a great Oriole, and he's beloved in this city. And I'm glad that whatever was going on between him and the organization has been squashed. And it's and I think it's it's awesome that he's coming back on the 15th. I agree. When I saw that that, that was that he was coming back and retiring on that, I went immediately went and picked up tickets for that ball game. And because I want to be there, I want I want to see this. He was an yeah. important part of this franchise, one of the most important players uh, uh, in the history. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Imagine this scenario on the 15th. Orioles win in walk-off fashion, and Adam Pye's the guy who gets the walk-off hit. Oh, my gosh, you know, Mark, Mark, Mark Trumbo's not there to throw cold water <laughs> on anymore. Like, 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 like that, that would be awesome. Do you believe when Mark Trumbo says he had nothing to do with the pie stopping that that's true at all? No. Yeah, I think Mark Trumbo has no sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Now, with, with Adam, I'd be shocked if his uh, retiring as an Oriole doesn't also um, – uh, include them putting him into the Orioles Hall of Fame. I think that that's a foregone conclusion that that's happening. But, Ken, nobody's worn number 10 since Adam played here. Are they going to retire? I don't know that they're going to do it at the ceremony, but do you think that the Orioles are going to retire the number 10 in Baltimore? Uh, no, because they only retire numbers of of Orioles that go into the Baseball Hall of Fame as Orioles. Uh, hence, yeah. Mike Messina's number not being retired. So, I don't know that anybody's going to grab that number, maybe anytime soon, but no, they, they have a policy on retired numbers, and retired numbers are guys that go to Cooperstown. And, you know, I love Adam. Adam's not going to Cooperstown. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Is it an actual policy or just kind of a way they do things? Well, it's their policy, so it's the way they do things. So it's sort of we're, we're talking semantics, but but yes, that's the way they do things. So, gotcha. Gotcha. like if Mike Messina would have went into 
the Hall of Fame as an Oriole. They would have retired his number. They would have built a statue for him. It's that simple. When he went in with the blank hat, the number is now being worn by Adley Rutschman. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been worn by another uh, number of other guys, too, yeah, like yeah. Josh Towers and Brad Bergeson. But that's a story yeah. for another day. Uh, and finally, Ken, um, we do play a little game here. But before we get to that, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Shohei Otani. Tears his UCL again. Chances are he's he's headed for a second Tommy John surgery in about yeah. a four-year period. Uh, and the Angels have not been good since deciding not to trade him. How bad do the Angels look for not trading him at the deadline? And how much does this second Tommy John surgery impact his contract that he could be asking for uh, this coming off season? Because now he's not pitching next year. Is he getting that, that mega deal that we were anticipating before this in, this injury happened? Well, the first part, they look awful, but could you imagine being on the other end and trading like a, a Juan Soto package for a rental and then he gets hurt again oh and your rental is just a DH. It would be, it would be uh, just tragic. I, I think the angels were kind of delusional to think that they could contend. And not only did they keep Otani, but they went and bought and it's just, it's, it's been a disaster. Uh, people a lot smarter than me think he's still going to get big money. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm going to trust in that. The fact that they think in a year plus he'll be able to pitch again and be that dominant pitcher and one of the best hitters in baseball Plus, you got to think about this. The money that he brings in, uh, uh, just like the Angels make so much money in advertising, just having him on the team, it makes a little sense to pay him a little more because you're going to make a little more. So I like, I, I, I think he's still going to get a, a half a billion dollars if he wants it. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get a ton of money. Um, I think that you could have said $600, $700 million maybe if he was still yeah. going to be that pitcher next year. The fact that he's not pitching, I think the the number is going to be less, but still going to make him. They're still going to make him the highest paid player in baseball. And look, Ken, he's a unicorn man. We throw that word yeah. around a lot, but the fact of the matter is, I'm not putting it past him to come back and be as dominant as ever when he comes back from the second surgery. He's he's a sure. Well, let's come full circle here. When he walked off the mound the other day, he looked kind of similar to Felix walking off the mound. They both knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. It, they, 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 other than that, they seemed kind of fine. But it, it, arm discomfort is ominous is all I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. Ken, thank you as always for coming on the show. We certainly appreciate it. Before we let you go, and I believe you may have played this game a time or two before with us, we play this game on the show called Take to Rake where we each pick um, the player that we think is going to have the best offensive week between today's show and next week's show. The only rule is you can't take the same player that the guest took last time. Our last guest was Brent Harris, and he took Jordan Westberg. Uh, Ken, because uh, you haven't played the game in a long time, we're going to let you go ahead and pick first. Only guy you can't take is Jordan Westberg. Everybody else is available. Oh, man. Uh, uh, You know what? I'll, I'll go chalk. I'll go Adley. All right, you're going to go with Adley Rutschman. Uh, Zach, you won with Ryan Mountcastle last time, so you get to pick second here. Uh, give me Gunner. No way. We'll go Gunner. No way. You know, I, I, I was, I was going to pick... There, there's other options. There's other good options. Yeah. Everyone's hitting right now. Give me Anthony Santander. Yeah, I think that, I think that three days off in the back injury, I think he's back and rearing and ready to go. That's what I was going to say. I, I decided it, not to say it, not to give you any ideas, but you, you had it figured out. Is it, is it fair to, for me to assume there was a time you played this game and we were picking between Renato Nunez and Hanser Alberto? Yes, that is fair to assume. 
That is <laughs> that is <laughs> that is amazing fair. how far we've come. We had um we had Ryan Blake at the beginning of the show uh, at the beginning of the season last year at one point pick Roof Neto Door for some ungodly oh. reason. So it's there's been some slim pickings around well, here. Uh, Jason Lockenfora, who is Ken's partner on on 105.7, picked uh, Pedro Severino one week oh, when we had did. him on. So that was oh, interesting. He did. That was you, you that's make, interesting because he hates him. <laughs> that's so funny. You, you can give him some crap on the show or maybe behind the scenes if you want about that. Yeah. Ken. So Ken, thank you so much for joining the, the program. Always a uh, treat when we get to speak with you on the show. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you again down the line. All right. All right, man. Anytime. Take care. That was Ken Wyman from 1057 The Fan Inside Access, which he hosts with Tim Barbalace and Jason Lockenfora. Ken is one of my favorite people to talk Orioles baseball with yeah. because he's as passionate about this team as I am. And man, some of his rants have just been so epic on the air yeah. about this team. I, I, he had one, I, I want to say it was back in 2013, 2016-ish range that was just so freaking good, man. It was like it, it, it was like spoke to my heart about the about the franchise, man. And so glad he could come on the program sure. today. So, t- t- today. Um <laughs> I was trying to say today and then getting back to take the rake and put them together. Um, getting back to take the rake. So, Ryan Mountcastle, over the last two weeks, he slashed 306, 359, 498, uh, Jordan Westberg, 238, 244, 310, 554. Adley Rutschman, 300, 364, 367, 24. Cedric Mullins, 227, 222, 432, 654. The reason I had um, a little bit of... Um, irritation was the fact that I think Cedric had had it won for me going when into the one we going into well, last I wasn't going to play without you <laughs> and I wanted to pick I was going to take Gunnar Henderson and Gunnar Henderson mm. went absolute bananas this yeah. week and the reason I was going to take Gunnar is because he had looked overmatched the previous week but the the, the last game he hit a couple of balls hard and I think he had hit a, 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 a he had doubled or tripled in the game and I was yeah. like ooh that bat speed looks back I think yeah. he's going to have a big week and then look my wife had an incident I had to drive more than two about two hours away to be by her side oh, wow. and um, yeah it was out near Hagerstown oh. Okay. The hospital she was at was in Hagerstown because okay. we were both going to a wedding out there, and she right. was in the wedding. That's a good place for a wedding. Yeah, the the the, the pictures they gave us a sneak peek of the pictures on um, online last night, and they are beautiful. Was it in the mountains? That kind of thing? I don't know, man. I, okay. I've never been to the nice. venue. I don't even know where the venue was. I was just going out there to because um, the wedding was um, Bree Brown. A lot of people know Bree yep. on Twitter, and um, I've known Bree since she was 16, 17 years oh, old, okay. something like that. No. no she wasn't that young. She wasn't that young. She's um she's not much younger than me. She is younger than me. But she and I worked together at Bonefish. I knew Bree before my wife knew Bree. Okay. And um but then she and Bree met uh not through me um but and they became really close. Bree was in our wedding. Laura was in Bree's wedding. All I knew about Bree's wedding was that it was outside somewhere on uh, close to Hagerstown. And I had to drive out there Got after it. the show uh, last week. Um Laura had to drive out there. Laura had to drive. Basically two hours Friday night to a rehearsal dinner out there and then two hours back. Then she had to get up at five o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning to meet our friend Megan, who you all know as Asia Megan on Twitter, yep. to meet our friend Megan down at her place in Baltimore and then drive two hours up, do the wedding, two hours back. It was going to be a long day for her and she's pregnant, man. She's yeah. 20 weeks today. Rough. By the way, our uh, our daughter is the size of a sweet potato. Sweet potato. So okay. I was close to an Idaho potato. She is the size of a sweet potato. Um, 
but yeah, Laura had a, she had a lot going on, and it was just um, a bad situation happened with her. But she's yes. she's good now, waiting on more things. Yeah. But uh, she's good right now. Good. Um. So that's 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 great. But um, but yeah, the whole point of the whole whole story is I was ready to take Gunnar Henderson last week, and mm. he, had, he had a big week, and now Zach gets to take him because Ryan well, Castle was able to get hot again <laughs> yeah. for this past week. Well, I, t- I told I, Ryan. I, I'm 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 calling shenanigans here. You guys used my wife's um, t- a terrible situation against oh, me that's to cost definitely me what it was. from taking Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, we planned it. You know, yeah. we uh, on the break we were like, how can we screw Paul over and take the rake? We really wanted to. No, but yeah. I look, I would have called you if you had been on a golf trip or something, but yeah. that wasn't the case. So yeah. anyway, it's it's okay. You'll it's alright. <laughs> this is definitely the first year I'm going to lose take the rake. I I I, I I think I've won twice in the last three months. Um, it, I, I'm de- uh, our guests have won a lot. They have won a lot. We, we got to stop letting them say. pick first. That's yeah. that's the problem. That's Although problem. Ken came in and picked first, and he took Adley Rutschman, which is a good pick. Rutschman three hits last yeah. night. He's been on fire, but Gunner is Gunner. Yeah, you know. Um, anyway, we got to catch our final break. When we come back in, we will close things out. Close things out with final thoughts. That's next on the battle round. Hey, Birdland, Felix is coming. When the Orioles take on the Colorado Rockies at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 26th at 7.05. Be one of the first 20,000 fans, 15 and over, in attendance to receive a Felix Bautista bobblehead. Come out to celebrate this 2023 MLB All-Star and arrive early for Early Bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours before first pitch with live music, happy hour, and more. Plenty of ticket options are available. Get your tickets at Orioles.com tickets. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easy. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire higher edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Welcome back to the Batter Round. I'm Paul. He's Zach. Uri Allen Goodman. <laughs> Uri Allen. Zachary Allen Goodman. Uh, we did not mention to Ken that we have the same names for our dogs, although named after two different We should have done a Bruce Springsteen. We'll have to bring him on just to talk about Bruce Springsteen. You can do that on your own Bruce Springsteen <laughs> oh, yeah. um, uh, my, podcast. My podcast. Maybe he will host it with Man, you. Like, as much as I love Bruce Springsteen, that would be embarrassing. Like if I hosted a Bruce Springsteen podcast, it'd be being, a little being weird. 22 yeah, years like old I, and as big a fan is pretty embarrassing. I don't agree with that. I think, Paul, that I can like whoever I want. You can. You can. I like think I'm totally free. No, it's, it, it's, look, three times in September, it's going to be great. My oh dad was like, God. you know, you're seeing the same set list, right? And I was like, yes. And I'm so prepared for it. I wish you would change it up. Like, if you look at Bruce's past tours, he's changed up the set list most of every show. Like, you never, you went in not knowing what he was going to play. I mean, he has hundreds and hundreds of songs. It's been like the same set list all tour. I've already seen him twice this tour. So, see him three times more, same set list. I'll still have a great time. In 2009, I saw Incubus back-to-back days. Okay. I saw them at um, an outdoor venue in Philadelphia on a Saturday, and then I saw them at Merriweather on that Sunday. And they played similar set lists, but they played some different songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first... So that's... I had seen Incubus leading up to that weekend, I think three times prior, and they had never played Part of Me, which is my all-time favorite Incubus okay. song. Saturday, they did not play it. Sunday they did, and I was it was I, it was awesome. Did I you cry? It. No, I didn't cry. <laughs> uh, you know what though? I saw them at the Fillmore. Okay. Uh, in 2017 was it 2017? No, it was 2018. I saw them at the Fillmore in Silver Spring in 20 on 2018. Okay. In 2018, 
It was, um, did I already tell this on the show? No. It was um, VIP. My for, for I did th- I did this all for free. Okay. By the way, like they were playing down there. It was the day of the concert, and I really wanted to go. I had nobody to go with me, and I'm talking to my to. Uh, th- there were still tickets available. They were like sixty five bucks a piece. I'm talking to my roommate at the time, Danny. Danny, and she um, she's like, hey, I have a friend who has who can get tickets probably for free to that concert. You want me to talk? I was like, yeah. She talks to him. Not only can he get us free tickets, he got us free VIP tickets. Nice. And he got me a meet and greet with the band. That's awesome. So I got to go before, to, ahead of time, go backstage and meet each member of Incubus. Okay. Jose Pasillas, their, um, their drummer, he was just super cool. He, he was awesome. Ben Kenny, their bassist, he was cool too. Um, Jose Pasillas talked. He talked to me and like had a, like, a legitimate conversation with me. Um, Michael Einzinger... Um, he uh, he had a conversation with me, but it just seemed like he was saying generic stuff that he says to everybody that he meets. Yeah, like, thanks for um, being a fan, man. Yeah, <laughs> DJ Kilmore. He was just, I think he was really really baked. Mm. Yeah, his his dreads, well. t- his his um locks touched the uh touched the ground. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, he was just really baked, and he was just, he was like giggling the whole time. Nice. And Brandon Boyd, the lead singer, um, was just super shy. Yeah, he was super shy. He talked to me, but he was very soft spoken. It, it's it's well known how shy he is. He he was very soft spoken, but very grateful okay. to meet each and every one of his fans. Which is one of the reasons I love Incubus. Aside from I love their music, and one of the reasons I love Shine Down. Very grateful um, bands. Okay. Um, when you hear Shine Down, for example, I've seen them in arenas, and I've seen them at like Ram's Head. Mm-hmm. A small, very small, intimate yeah, concert venue, small. and they are grateful to play in front of anybody. That's cool, and they they let you know that. That's cool all the time. They're just good, genuine people. One of the reasons I like them so much. Um, but it was awesome, and getting 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 to meet my favorite band of all time in Incubus, and then sitting there VIP, and it was they played their entire Make Yourself album. Okay, and they started that concert with the first song from that first album, which. I remember the first time I listened to that album. My six, my, when I was 16, my girlfriend at the time had burned me a copy of that album. Okay. And I would I didn't have a CD player in my car, so I had a boom box nice. with D batteries. Wow. In my in the I drove my mom's minivan, so it was in between the two seats and I would listen to it and the first time I heard that song, the, the way the guitar comes in. It, when I heard it again in my 30s watching them VIP and thinking about how much sixteen-year-old Paul would be freaking out, I got—I'm not gonna lie—I choked up. I got choked up sitting there watching my favorite band. It, I don't it, blame you. I, in, yeah. in, the, in the in the scenario in which I got to see this unfold, meeting the band, cool. having my picture awesome. taken with the band, it was awesome. It was a, yeah. it was a surreal moment for me, and I got over, I got overwhelmed with like all that nostalgia. You should put like a print it out in fifty by seventy or something, and put that in your wall, like just a massive. Paul Valley with the band photo. No, I, cool. I do have a picture. I have a guitar pick. Um, I have. Um, like if I got a picture with Bruce Springsteen, it would be on my wall in the biggest possible picture format. Well, see, the problem is, it wasn't just me in the picture. It's oh, a bunch okay, of okay. people. They, they had. They were like twelve of us back there. Other VIPs. And so got we're it. all in the same picture okay. with the band. So it's like, I'll eventually put on my wall, but it hasn't been a priority because it's like. <laughs> I have a pick that signed. Laura's going to pull it down immediately. No, nah, she'd let me put it up. But it's, it, it, I have a pick. I have uh, original artwork from Jose Pacias that's also that's signed by the band. Uh, when I say pick, an actual guitar pick. Okay. And I have a picture, and it, 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 was, it was a cool. And my back, my VIP pass still. It's in a, it's nice. in a box in my basement. But um, it's in a box in my basement. 
Anyway, um, final thoughts. I have no idea what to expect from the Ravens game tonight. Like, I almost forgot that they were playing. It's crazy to me. When the Orioles are this good, I still love the Ravens. I'll still watch every game with excitement. But, like, the preseason, it's just like, I couldn't tell you, aside from who the, that there's a backup quarterback battle and there's a battle for that fourth running back between, um, what is it, Wheaton? Uh, who who are you referencing? Ken- well, Mel- Melvin Gordon's one of them. That's in, in Melvin the- Gordon. I think it was it Kenneth Wheaton. Is that his name? No, it Kevin is. Wheaton, it Kevin- is. He's from ECU. Um, Mitchell. Uh, Kevin Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell Keaton is his Mitchell. name. I that's believe. it. Yeah. Wheaton. Sorry, I, I'm Keaton. blanking too. Keaton-, Keaton-, Keaton Mitchell from ECU. Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, and he's he's looked really good. I had that shoulder injury, but they don't think it's serious. Yeah. So I, I don't have any. Like maybe I'll record the game just to have something to watch tonight. I, I think they're going to play Lamar for a series that'd be my guess because he really wants to play and I really don't think you can take a guy who was injured for the greater part of last season not the greater part that's Lamar really wants to play Lamar said he wants to play 100% and Harbaugh said I'll leave it at that (laughs) so we'll see I I think he should I don't think you can throw a guy into game action without playing a game for as long as he has I mean practice is one thing but the speed of an NFL game is so different from what you get in practice they played against the commanders in practice and that was yeah, but that's not a game though. Yeah. That's not a game. I mean, you're I stopping and starting when it comes I'd, to practice. I'd, I'd be shocked. I'd put him in. I'd put him in for a series. I'd be just shocked. one series. Yeah, and then he tears his ACL and he can't play the rest of the season. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that would be well, tragic. I would say okay, and my <laughs> sorry, did that, that was who does that? I've never, <laughs> I've never heard that before. Who does that? It, oh. it was uncontrollable. I had no idea it was coming. It just came out. Wow. Um. Anyway, my I, my. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I think he should play. I, I just think a guy who hasn't been on the field in game scenarios for as long as he has, and that really goes for anyone, injured or not, in last season, I think they should play. Now, when it comes to guys like uh, Darby, who is didn't play last week and has to be the starting corner for week one, Rock is in, same thing for him, they should not be playing because they're so thin at that position. Yeah. Lamar, the chances of him getting hurt are a lot less than the chances of a cornerback getting hurt. You better knock on hurt. every piece of wood you can find. That's this, not... This is, is like... Wood? Lin, this is, is, that, is that wood you think yes, it is? Yes, okay. it's 100% well, wood. It's part, it's part of an actual basketball court. I, I do remember that. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, Dobbins I, should not play. Dobbins should absolutely not play. Yeah. Do, Dobbins, no. I... And I don't need to see Zay Flowers on the field anymore. We already know. It's just different for quarterbacks. And yeah. that's that's why I say it. Because quarterbacks... But, but if, if Lamar is going to play, they're going to have some of his good receivers out there. Yeah. They, but the, Zay Flowers has played in both. I probably wouldn't play him a third time. I just think with Lamar, you've got to make quick reads as a quarterback. What about, Incl- incredibly quick reads. What about Bateman? Bateman should play. I, I agree. Ba- Bateman I think should play. Ba- I think Bateman has more to prove than anybody. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I, mean, I agree with that. As far as like... You consider Bateman one of your top three wide receivers. Oh yeah, for sure. I, but he has more to prove than Flowers. He has more to prove than Aguilar. Ba- Bateman should play. I, I think. I think Bateman. I had a dream last night that Aguilar tore his ACL and was out for the year. <laughs> I don't know why I dreamed what about is that. Happening with you right I don't now. know. Like I, Lamar should play. He's not going to get hurt. <laughs> I told. It's funny. I told Ryan last week. I said I think Aguilar is a legitimately good wide receiver. Like a legitimately good. I don't think he's a star or anything, but I think he's better than a lot of the guys they've had here in the past five years. An, I think he's going to have a legitimate impact. On he's his, wide on receiver four, and he's yeah. he could have been wide receiver one on like the past. He would have been wide teams. receiver one last year. Yeah. 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 Um, they were talking about that last year about potentially signing him and making him wide receiver one yep. last year, but. My final thoughts, I have nothing to do with the Ravens, and it's all about the Orioles' bullpen. Like I said, 273 ERA in August. We've uh, demonstrated again and again, Perez, Cano, Webb, how how dominant they've yep. been the last month. Coulomb back, Hall's, Hall's here now, Wells means on the way. Uh, Batista's out. But I, 
I firmly believe this team can still win a World Series. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe they, they can still win a World Series because I think that you can have Tyler Wells close. I think you can have D.L. Hall close. You can go cl- closer by committee. I trust Bradish and Grayson in that rotation, a- and Kramer to a certain extent. Okay. You know, you, you, We're still reeling from his terrible April, and every now and again he has that blow-up start, mm-hmm. right? But he's been really good for th- four months now. I firmly believe that this team has the talent and the ability to win a World Series, and I think that they're young enough that they don't know that they're not supposed to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I like, everybody, yes, if Felix Bautista was still around, I'd say maybe they're the favorites in the American League to go to the World Series. Yeah. But you're not going to tell me that this team without Felix Bautista can't do it. You're not going to tell me that a, that a bullpen that's now going to have... D.L. Hall, Tyler Wells, John Means, Danny Coulomb, Yenier Cano, Jacob Webb, uh, a resurgence CNL Perez. You're not going to tell me that those guys can't get this job done. Yeah. I, no, don't, I, th- I, I don't think the Orioles are going to skip a beat, personally. I think you're going to see this team win over 100 games this year because mm-hmm. they're past the tough part. They still got tough teams to play, but this team now, they're better than Tampa Bay. Stan said they've lost three yeah. starting pitchers. They lost four. Yeah. They lost Shane Baz, they lost Jeffrey Springs, they lost Rasmussen, and they lost most uh, significantly Shane McClanahan. McClanahan. Yeah. You know, uh, they've lost Wander Franco probably for the year, if not longer, M- prop maybe ever. Someone yeah. uh, Hector Gomez, who's the insider uh, who reports on a lot of Dominican news, said that he thinks it's probably going to be ever yeah, that Wander Franco never steps on a major league baseball field again. And if the allegations are true, that should be the case. It, it's more than one minor. From what, yes. from what we're yes. hearing. But this, this this probably goes a while back. It's I, I, I don't want to speculate on it, but it's really bad for Wander Franco, and it's really, really, really awful overall. Yeah, and I wonder if they have insurance on this contract. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. But, I mean, he signed that contract and then played like, like 80 games last year, and yeah. now this year he's maybe their best player, and he is not with them. Just a the sad situation. Run. Yeah, it's, and, and it's... It's his own fault. Uh, they're allegations. Allegations. They're, they're allegations, but it's a big deal. He's out for this year indefinitely. Yeah. I, I think there's no way, even if things things aren't going to get ironed out this quick, where he's just going to be back all of a sudden. And I don't think fans would take that if he was. Yeah. I don't think fans would say, hey, all these allegations and we're just going to... Disp-. Again, I'm not going to speculate on what's going to happen here, but it's a really bad look for Juan Franco. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad. Really bad look for the Rays in general. I mean, how do you know? How, how are you supposed to know? But just sure. that with all the injuries on top of it, yet they, they've been playing good baseball. But yeah, Not really but, their fault, right. But when the Orioles play them in September, I mean, they might already have this division locked up yeah. at that point. And if they don't, that might be the series where they lock it up. Yeah. You know, lock it up. Lock it up. That, you lock it up. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think that this team with the – like, I like – what's going to happen with their bullpen. Don't like what happened to Bautista. Let, let me be clear about that. But I like the direction of this bullpen with yep. the rest of the guys that they have. Mm-hmm. I think that they, that I really, they might miss a little bit of a beat, but I don't think they're going to miss a big beat. I think that they're going to stay, they're going to keep their stride and really, really put the world okay. on notice. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, any hope. final thoughts for you? No, I mean, that's, that's Dio Hall is, is going to be the big question mark. I haven't been a fan in the past. I, I still am very skeptical. Eric Garfield, friend of the show, he's, he's on here. You know him as Eric Birdland on Twitter. He texted me that he saw Dio Hall down in Florida quite a bit, and he didn't go below 98 when he saw him. Yeah. And they were using him in 10 to 15 inning stints. So, or 10 to 15 pitch stints, uh, I should say. So that's more like one inning. That's going to be exciting. I mean, if he's throwing 98 plus, that's certainly the the deal hall we know and love. With so a, with a wipeout I, slider, curveball, and change. I have yeah. 
I should say you know and love, I guess. I, I, I still have very little confidence in D.L. Hall, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, I have confidence in, in him as a reliever. Yeah, and I maybe a little and, more. And, you know, I, I will say I've lost the confidence he'll ever be a big league starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Agreed. they'll try and stretch him out again next year, but if he comes in and, they do- can't. and they dominates, can't. You, you like you there, can't. There is no upside to doing that. Yeah. Really, there's no upside. Yeah. But we'll see. So we will see. I um, want to remind you, today's show has been brought to you by the latest edition of Press Box, which is available now on the cover. Bo Smoko dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shittick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively, and we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal farm stores you can always find the, the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com thank you to zach for all the hard work he does for the show thank you to Santa fan charles for his weekly segment and to ken wyman for coming on a really special segment with him today as well thank you to all of our sponsors without you we don't have a show thank you to all of our fans and listeners without you we certainly don't have a a show. Guys, enjoy the Orioles series. Enjoy the Ravens pregame, pregame, uh, preseason game tonight. We will see you next week. Until then, see ya!